and we'll be talking about positivity during <laughs> menopause, oh. yeah, especially during lockdown and how we have to keep positive. Okay, thank you. Wonderful. Carol? Good morning, everybody. Good morning, Queens. Uh, so my name is Carol Lichmore, and I'm talking about menopause as the time for change. Wonderful. And Patsy? Good morning, beautiful Queens. Uh, my name is Patsy, and I'm going to be talking about menopause yoga and how you can make yourself active and become healthy through menopause yoga. Fantastic. Welcome, Queens. See, you've got you. I only bring you the best. I only bring you the best to these to these Zoom sessions. So we're going to kick off. Abby, are you ready, my darling? Yeah. Okay, here we yeah. go. So you're going to be speaking about the power of our emotional mindsets and essential oils. Absolutely. Yeah. Key. Right. Can, I, can everyone hear me clearly? I can hear you. Okay, perfect. Um, so wonderful. Thank you for inviting me back on today, Joan. Really looking forward to it. Um, so my name's Abby Osho, and I'm going to be speaking about emotional health, hormones, and essential oils as succinctly as possible. I'm the founder of Soul Medicine. I'm the author of Nature's Medicine for the Soul. Um, I'm a clinical hypnotherapist, holistic health and lifestyle coach, and creator of Empowering You Coaching and Mentoring services for melanin-rich women. So thought I'd kick off with something that um, I suffer from. So I'm just going to ask you, has this actually happened to you? Let me see if I can get this to play and if you can remember this. So I don't know if you remember that from 2012, but I'm telling you, that is me. I'm always, where's my keys? Where's my phone? I remember leaving my keys in my fridge. Don't know how they got there next to the brown rice milk. And that is brain fog. That's one of the things, the, one of the menopausal symptoms that I suffer from the most, I would say. So that's been challenging for me, but I just thought this was quite funny. So what are hormones? They are chemical messengers that affect every single cell in the body. They're relayed by the hypothalamus that controls all the hormones in the body. It's kind of like, I guess, our control tower that sits in the middle of the brain. Um, and one of the key hormones is estrogen, which supports healthy skin, bone, ovaries, temperature, brain function, and many other things that we, um, we are challenged with as we go through the menopause. <clears throat> so I wanted to talk very briefly about um, an essential oil. I know many of you use them already, but for those of you that don't, um, what is an essential oil? And this is frankincense, which is known as the king of oils. Um, I'm talking about doTERRA essential oils because they're tested five times for their purity. And that's important because what happens is a lot of the time, you only have to have a small amount of the plant chemical compound. So between three and 5% of the compound and you can mix it with a carrier, which is if it's been cut with a herbicide or a pesticide, you don't wanna have that on your skin. So these are pure, many of them are food grade, not all, which means many that you can take internally as well. 
and they are made from seeds, rinds, flowers, <clears throat> the roots and tree bark. So everything that comes from nature, um, that is what you're gonna get in a bottle of pure essential oil that can really support us going through the menopause years. What is an emotion? <clears throat> so an emotion is a chemical compound in the brain that, that are called neuropeptides. Many people call them peptides for short. Um, and our limbic system, which also sits um, in the area of underneath the hypothalamus, is the seat of our emotion. So anything that we, we feel um, actually comes through the limbic system. And the reason why essential oils are so powerful is they go up through your olfactory, which is your, which is your nasal, your smell system, straight through to the limbic system. So they have the ability to help us to change our emotional feeling. Um, and what you'll find with emotions is that they can be very short-lived, i.e. you can have a real burst of anger or frustration, um, or they can be long-lived. So if you've gone, if you're going through grief, etc., then that can be something that stays in the body for um, a much longer period of time. And where do we store our emotions? <clears throat> so just a brief overview. Anger is stored in the liver and can manifest as headaches. And liver is also the home of our hormones. So it's an area that, you know, we need to be aware of and we need to take care of all areas in the body. But particularly when we're going through things like this, we need to be aware of this. Grief is held in the lungs and can manifest as bronchitis. Worry is held in the stomach, can cause bloating. Stress, heart and brain and can cause anxiety and fear is held in the kidneys and can have an effect on our adrenal glands and cause adrenal fatigue. So emotions and hormones are inextricably connected. You don't get one without the other. And I just wanted to show you this, this chart, which I'm gonna to touch on very briefly. Um, so there are three key hormones, dopamine, serotonin, oxytocin. We have other, around 200 hormones that are running through our body at any one time. But these, um, these three come up quite a lot. And you'll see, when you look at love, you'll see that dopamine, serotonin and oxytocin are all very, very balanced. Dopamine is known as our, you know, our addictive, it's our pleasure center hormone. Um, so when you do something that makes you feel really happy, when you've done a great workout, you get a dopamine release and you think, yeah, you know, I'm on top of the world. I can do this again. Um, serotonin, where we have 90% of our serotonin that is stored in our gut is our mood management hormone. You know, so whether you're feeling down or happy, it's the serotonin levels that are going to be changing within the body. And then you've got your oxytocin, which is your love. It's like that feeling that you want to be touched. I call it the tactile hormone um, because that's when you release it. When you touch someone, when you feel a, you know, a real burst of love, that's what's been released. So depending on where we are during the day, depending on where you are with your circadian rhythm, which is your natural body clock, you will feel a range of these um, emotions, love, happiness, anger. You'll see with anger. Abid, um, darling. Yes. Can I just say, you know, the um, is, it, is it a presentation? Because we can't see it. Oh, I my God. What, can you not I, see it? No, yes, it no, is. No, we can't <laughs> see it. <laughs> ah, I thought I'd shared my screen. Uh, 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 right. OK. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Let me go back. Right. I'm going to have to. Thank you, Joan. 
That's all right. Because I thought it might be just one thing, but you, I can see you. No. Um, right. Let me just make sure. Yeah. That I've got. And we didn't see the video either. Right. Okay. My apologies, ladies. No, don't worry. Technology. Um, yeah. Right, let me just see where I can. I'm just seeing if it's letting me share the screen. Hold on. Right, let's do this. Okay. Right, so sorry. Oh, don't worry, don't worry. These, these things happen to technology, isn't it? Right, okay. Can you see me now? Can you see now? No, I can see you, but I can't see. Uh, you can't see the screen? No. Uh, it's just come up, it's sharing. No, you still can't see it? No, I don't know what's happened. What's going on? It's saying, right, okay, let me do it again. Share screen. Can you see now? You're there. You're oh. there, you're there, queen, you're there. Heart's beating, heart's beating. <laughs> Just make right. it bigger so we can um, see it properly. Yes, I am going to. Thank you. Right. Wonderful. Yeah, okay, all right. I'm gonna whiz because I'm conscious of time and people have gone through, so. You heard me introduce myself. I don't need to introduce myself again, so I'm not going to do that. Right. Um, but I am going to go on to this next. There we go. This little thing here from this man back in 2012, because it reminds me of. Oh, if I can get it to play. All right. Yes. There we go. We can't hear him. You can't hear it? No. Oh. Okay. I'm just going to carry on, ladies. Technical. Oh. I'm going to just, yeah. Oh, but you get it. Those of you that knew the song, I wear my keys, I wear my phone. I wear my keys, I wear my phone. Me. Yeah. So brain fog for me is a massive thing that I had to deal with. And I found it really challenging and very frustrating. Because I didn't get it at first. I couldn't. Why was I not remembering this stuff that I kind of knew all the time? And that's because I was going through menopause. So what are hormones? They are chemical messengers that find their way around every single cell in their body. They, they affect every single cell in our body. They're relayed by the hypothalamus that controls all the hormones in the body. So it's kind of like our message center in the, in, sits in the brain here um, so whenever messages come from the hormones or the emotions, that's the area that it's coming from. And the key, the key hormone um, that we're talking about, and there are many, we have 200 that run through our body, um, is estrogen. And it's our estrogen that starts to reduce rapidly um, when we are going through these menopausal symptoms. And it affects all of us differently, but that is the key hormone. And that supports healthy skin, it supports bones, brain function, ovaries. Um, it also has an area to do with our inflammation in the body. So it does so many things, but we don't realize it till we're actually going through the menopause and we're starting to lose it. <clears throat> what is an essential oil? <clears throat> So this is a bottle of frankincense. I call it the king of oils. Um, many of you on here I know use it already and it's a powerhouse oil. And essential oils come from the rind, they come from seeds, flowers, um, the root um, and bark of trees. 
These are doTERRA essential oils. doTERRA means gift of the earth and they're tested five times for their purity. So many of them you can take internally, not all. And it comes with a safety caution like everything. And the reason why I mention that is it's legal in the UK, in Europe to blend oil. So you only have to have a very small amount of the chemical compound, three to five to percent. And the rest can be a carrier that's filled with a pesticide or a herbicide. And you really don't want that on your skin. You also don't want to be inhaling that either. So it's just good to be aware of what you are taking in through the body. So what is an emotion? <clears throat> an emotion is a chemical compound in the brain that are called neuropeptides or peptides for short. Um, they sit in the seat of our limbic system, which is the seat of the emotion, which again sits underneath that brain tower that I've just spoken about. And emotions can be short-lived, <clears throat> um, something like anger, or they can be long-lived, something like grief. But the thing about the limbic system and oils is when you breathe in, when you actually breathe in an essential oil and you smell it, what's happening is it's going straight through your olfactory, straight up through to the limbic system. It's connecting with that emotional part of the brain, which is why if you smell an orange at seven years old and you were out somewhere, let's say in the Caribbean or Africa or Europe with your grandma, you're going to remember when you smell an orange again, doesn't matter, 50 years later, that same memory is going to come back to you because that's the power of our emotions. <clears throat> Where do we store emotions? So we store anger in the liver and that can cause for some people headaches. That's how it manifests. However, the liver is also the home of our hormones. So where you're storing your emotions and you go through that normal emotional turmoil, just know that that is absolutely going to be exacerbated when you're going through your menopause or when you're going through those hormone imbalances. Um, <clears throat> because you're on much more of a roller coaster ride. Grief is stored in the lungs and can manifest as bronchitis. Worry in the stomach can manifest as bloating. Stress in the heart and brain and very much can manifest as anxiety. Fear in the kidneys and can have a real effect on your adrenal glands, adrenal fatigue, which is where you store cortisol, the stress hormone. So it's about kind of understanding this and knowing where the balances come in for you. So emotions and the chemistry of the hormones, and as you'll see, emotional and hormonal balance are inextricably connected. This is where I got up to. So you'll see on this little diagram, um, and I'm going to go through this very quickly, love. So love has got all of our hormones balanced. So remember, I said there are over 200 hormones in a woman's body. Dopamine is what we call the pleasure dome. So dopamine, when you've gone for a run or a workout, or maybe you've done a, an amazing yoga session, we've got a lady, uh, Patsy, speaking about that later. You come up thinking, oh, I love, I feel absolutely wonderful. I feel I can do so many things. That's you releasing your dopamine. So it can work very well for you. But dopamine also has the effect if you're someone that loves sugar and you've got a really sugary tooth, it's that addictive hormone. It's calling you. I need sugar today. I need a sugar hit. I need a sugar hit. And it'll keep calling you till you feed that sugar hit. So people just remember and have a conversation with your dopamine. Say, hey, dopamine, no, you ain't getting no sugar today. The body don't need no sugar. Yeah. Then you've got serotonin. 95% of your serotonin lives in your gut and it is your 
It is your mood management hormone. So when you're not eating great things, when you're eating lots of processed food, etc., and your mood is low and you're feeling down and lethargic and depressed, possibly, remember, you're not feeding your serotonin what it needs. Hence, you're feeling that way. And you've got your oxytocin, which is your love hormone. So this is the one, it's all about love. I call it your tactile hormone. It's the one when somebody might touch you, and I know it's a little bit challenging right now, or you get a hug, etc., and you feel like, oh, I feel really loved. That is the hormone that you're feeling. <clears throat> so <clears throat> whenever you're feeling these, you'll see there's all different stages of where these hormones and emotions are chemically linked. Now, anger, anger can come on really quickly. And that's noradrenaline. And noradrenaline, okay, can really boost up through the body and give you that real oh, anger and frustration feeling, which you don't want hanging around in the body. And you'll see that that's kind of that purple color there. But just as quick as it comes, it can deplete and disappear again. So all of these hormones and all of these emotions that we feel have an effect on the body. Um, and that's what we really need to get to grips with. You know, how do we manage our emotions? What triggers our emotions? <clears throat> and when they're triggered, how, what do we do? What can we do in our power to help to balance them out? And I'm gonna give you some tips about that towards the end of the presentation. So these are just a couple of essential oils that support um, your emotional balance. And there's a blend called Adaptive, which is the, the calming blend. And I've got a little table in the corner here, if you can just see it, just for you to have a better understanding, it can be quite easy. Okay, there are five areas. So citrus oils are really uplifting. So if you're feeling gloomy or a bit discouraged, get a citrus oil out, breathe it in. Um, you've got your spice oils. If you're feeling disinterested or bored, get one of your spice-based oils out. Herbs and grasses are great if you're feeling angry or bitter or discontent. Get your herb oils. Um, trees, great for grounding. So grieving, sadness, feeling ashamed. You've got your florals that are really helpful if you're feeling worried or fearful. Um, so you've got all of your different categories of oils that really help you just know what you need at that moment in that time. This is a blend, it's called the calming blend and it has a mixture of citrus oils um, and it has lavender, it's got neroli and magnolia, beautiful blend of oils. It's really good for adapting to any situation when you need to feel calm or you want to. Peace is another wonderful blend. It's known as the oil of reassurance. When again, you're feeling uncertain or unsure, or maybe you've, you've forgotten something or you can't quite remember, or somebody said something like, oh, you know, you said that five minutes ago and you don't remember saying it. So these are all oils that can help you to balance yourself both emotionally and hormonally too. You can inhale them from your hands. You can put them in a diffuser. I don't know if you can see that. You can rub them on the base of your feet or on the back of your spine. These are all great um, points of the body, meridian points that can help get the oils in the system within 20 seconds and around every cell in the body within 20 minutes. So it's a powerful way of applying the oils. So common menopause symptoms, as Joan mentioned at the beginning, hot flushes, memory loss. That was one that I really struggled with and frankincense has been my savior. 
headaches, weight gain, bloating, increased stress and anxiety, sleep deprivation, another big one that I speak to a lot of my clients about, low libido, so your sex drive, because estrogen is such a big part of our sexual chemistry and our sex drive. When it starts to disappear, your sex drive does a, a, along with that. And that can be a real challenge with you for your partner or your husband who doesn't understand suddenly why you're not interested in sex or suddenly why you're finding it painful because of the vaginal dryness that you're getting. But you don't have the vocabulary or the words to explain that. Um, so these are all symptoms that we can suffer from the menopause. Not everybody. I'm just generalizing. Um, but these are some of the general ones that I hear about all of the time. So some of the oils that support menopause, as I've mentioned, frankincense is the oil for brain and memory fog, a big one for me. Um, it balances hormones and it really helps if you're suffering from um, feelings of uh, depression. Geranium is a great one for low sex drive. So if your sex drive, and this is for men and women, by the way, um, geranium, it's a great one if you are suffering from low libido. It naturally balances hormones. It's great for the liver, which is the home of the hormones, um, and bladder support. If you are somebody that is starting to suffer from a weak bladder and you can't quite make it to the loo, you try and get your trousers down, it's like, oh, too late. Um, but yeah, these are all the things that can we can suffer from. Copaiba is another oil which is great for cleansing the liver. It's good for digestive health. I spoke about where serotonin's housed and respiratory support. Clary Calm, wonderful for hot flushes and helping to soothe them. Serenity is a wonderful blend for sleep and stress reduction. And then you've got Balance, which is for calming and grounding, which is all the tree oils. Again, in a diffuser, breathing in the soles of your feet, the largest pores um, at the bottom of your feet, and all of the reflex point that point to every area over the body. Daily fruit and vegetables, really important to get your fruit and veg in. We are melanin rich people. We need to feed our melanin and allow it to work for us. So the more purples and greens and darks you can get in, the better it feeds the melanin. The feminine and earth ground connection. Um, I'm big on grounding. This is um, from one of the events I did um, where I do this once a month. But if you can ground to the limitless free electrons in Mother Earth, we are electrical beings. Those electrons work through the body. I've already been out there early this morning and done my grounding session. Um, they're natural antioxidants, anti-inflammatories, help to reduce stress. They also help to synchronize the body clock, which is your um, circadian rhythm, and it helps stimulate your melanin improves sleep, reduces cortisol and very mood enhancing. So a wonderful experience if you're able to do that, either sitting or standing, grass, garden, woods, you choose the place for you, but it's really, really helpful. Top five tips for menopause, emotions and hormone balance. Fill up your energy cup and always give from your overflow. This is the time when you've got to put yourself first. I'm calling 2021 intuitively the year of innovation, creativity and expansion. And that is there for all of us because this is our year. But you've got to claim it and give yourself permission to make sure you put yourself first. Also, I also believe even though there's these challenges that we have through menopause and Joan kind of touched on it earlier, actually, this is also a spiritual rebirth. This is, you know, laying down the life that we've lived, 
we've maybe had our children and in some cases you might not have but life is changing you know at a stage of what opportunities are out there for me how can I connect to my inner self spiritually so I think this is a time for you to be re for rebirth and I call this our freedom phase so you know remember that it is about balanced mindset. It is about ensuring that your mindset is balanced, knowing that thoughts are not facts. And if you're getting into that anxious state to deep breathe, because when you're breathing deeply, you can't have these racing thoughts at the same time either. And as I've mentioned before, it's about good nutrition. So these are my details. Please take a picture of the page. I've got a Balancing Hormones Naturally class um, coming up on Eventbrite on the 13th. I've got my four-week holistic group coaching course starting on the 20th of January. Um, the Empowering You grounding session is on Saturday the 30th of Jan and I do the one-to-one -one holistic coaching and mentoring as I've mentioned before. And before I sign off, I would like to say for the first three people that message me um, and they can remember the king of oils that I mentioned and put in your phone number I will send you a free bottle of wild orange and it's great benefits you can see them there insomnia elevates mood anxiety etc so get messaging me um, directly to me and let's see if you get your wonderful bottle of wild orange Thank you very much for your time. Sorry for the technical hitches at the beginning and I will stop sharing there. Thank you very much, Jen. Thank you, Abby. Oh, goodness. What? I mean, you really set the platform on fire already. <laughs> Phenomenal, fantastic presentation. Thank you so much. You're and welcome. you will find Queens on this particular platform. You know, every week you'll get salient themes you know, it's about putting yourself first, rebirth, getting the balance, the right mindset, breathing, that real holistic approach. So, oh gosh, what can I say? And I love essential laws. I've got a couple of them already that I'm taking. They are absolutely awesome. Fantastic. They're so powerful. So thank you very, very much for that presentation. Wonderful, wonderful. And I was actually going to ask you, you know, give me three tips, but you incorporated it into the presentation. <laughs> so you beat me to it. Brilliant. So Kandaki, my darling, I know you're here on the platform. You couldn't unmute yourself. So I'm going to see if I can find you. Or can you try and unmute yourself as you're the next presenter up? See if I can find you. Where are you? Where are you? Where are you? Kandaki, can you hear me? Can you unmute yourself? There's nearly 200 of you on the platform, so it's a bit hard to find you. Oh, my co-host, can you find um, the next presenter and unmute her, please? Yes, thank you. Here. <laughs> you're here, you're here. Oh, give thanks, so. Um, greetings, 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 wonderful greetings. queens, um, and greetings to everyone here on the platform. Um, all right, so let me uh, go straight and just tell you a little bit about myself. Uh, my name is Kandaki McConnen. I have been 
in holistic health probably for over 30 years because it was a way of life for me and probably about mm -hmm. 12, 13 years ago, um, I'd been practicing in private healthcare um, alongside, um, you know, GPs, alongside specialists. Um, my degree is in medical herbalism, which means I am actually trained like a doctor, but we do not use uh, pharmaceuticals. We use diet, lifestyle, herbs, you know, alternative uh, approaches. Um, I run health courses and I do one-to-one -one consultations. Um, I am very happy and proud to have been invited again by um, Queen Joan <laughs> onto this platform. So um, do I have share? You do, you do. You did such a phenomenal job the last time. We had to have you back, Queen. Oh, thank you so Absolutely much. Absolutely amazing. Right. Yeah. So thank you I so see. much. Appreciate I it. Now I need to yeah. see which one. And this is just a point. There's, there's, it's, it's not about just going down the medical route. As I said before, there are other, you know, ways in which we can deal with the menopause. So we've had fantastic Abby with essential oils. And then we're going to come from your perspective. So I'm really looking forward to that. There's always there's um, alternative treatment options. There is. And like I said, um, working with uh, health professionals, it has been wonderful in that, you know, we work as a team. So it's not either or. It's about um, the... It's about the woman, isn't it? Health of the individual, mm. um, and it's about well-being. Mm. Now we are going to be looking at um, menopause and perimenopause, but the first thing we have to understand is even before we come into this. Um, so, so I do work within the realms of spirituality, and that is so key as well because even before we get to uh, menopause, perimenopause, we were a human being first, we were a, a child, went through womanhood and then came to this aspect of our uh, later years, our elder years. Now, I say that to say this, we also have to look at those things which affect us holistically. Now on this screen here, and it's one of the ones I use in my courses, I have all of these things up and I say, well, what affects you? what affects your well-being and it is so important to understand that the journey that we took to where we are now those things that we encountered in our lives affected us and it affected our thoughts it affected our emotions now abby spoke about the emotions and the thoughts uh, the emotions and um, she spoke about structures in the brain and how those structures release hormones and specifically the hypothalamus, which is known about as the master controller. But we have to understand that we have a non-physical aspect to us first that then impacts on this physical structure. Many of us may call it a soul or a spirit, but your emotions, how you feel are dictated to by your thoughts. How you think can then affect how you feel. It can go the other way. But the point I'm making here is that you, you directly affect 
what happens in your body. And all of these things that you can see here has an effect on you. So, for example, you, miss, you might see galaxies and stars millions of miles away. You think, well, how can that affect me? But then, of course, we know that without the sun, we don't get the light. We don't get the energy. We don't get vitamin D. As people of color, we need vitamin D. But that one is also key in our health and well-being. Why is that important? Because we are inextricably linked to the universe. We are a part of the universe. And when we come on to nutrition and herbal medicine, which is what I'll be speaking on, specifically herbal medicine, we have to understand that us as a human being and that physical part, because we have the soul, we have the spirit, we have our psyche and we have our physical. That physical part of our being is linked to the earth, but we have a non-physical aspect of us. And that part requires as much, if not more, focus and attention to balance our well-being. So, you know, as women, for example, the moon, menstrual cycle, which most of us are coming out of that menstrual cycle, was taken from the word menis, which means moon in Greek. Your menstrual cycle means your moon cycle. And the moon is that planet that is re responsible for the uh, movement of the waters on the planet. Well, we are 70% water. Our menstrual cycle is tied into the 28-day cycle of the moon. Uh, Abby mentioned the circadian cycle. What is the circadian cycle? The circadian cycle is that cycle which our pineal gland, it links to, to tell us when to wake in the morning, which is when serotonin is released, and when to go to sleep in the morning, which is when melatonin, sorry, in the night, melatonin is released at night. Again, why is this so important? Because there are forces that we do not see that are controlling us, that we are a part of. And if we are not in tune, with the nature, as well as our everyday lives, because sometimes our, we get lost in our everyday life and forget that there's a bigger picture that is affecting us. And if we do not tune in with the nature, if we, not, if we do not tune in with ourselves, we become unbalanced and then we get this stage of menopause. We wonder why are all of these things happening to us? Because we weren't in tune with those things that were already controlling or had an impact on our everyday life. So our culture does have an impact. Where we live has a, a, an impact. If you live in the cities as, a, as opposed to the country, so you see two uh, images here of a city and the country, things like pollution. Why? Because the air that we breathe, we're going to take in toxicity. Does that affect us in our well-being? Yes, it will do. It will impact our well-being. Uh, the the amount of noise, apart from noise pollution, air pollution, lights. When you're in the country, if you've been to somewhere like the Caribbean, or if you just go to the country, you'll notice when do people tend to go to sleep? They go to sleep when night is falling. If you go Caribbean, you see, by a certain time, people go to bed. What do we do here? We tend to stay away, even when we're falling asleep, like our eyes shutting down. We're like, no, 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 I'm not sleeping, even though the TV's watching us, right? Why is that key? Because as human beings, you think about it, if we sleep eight hours of the day, it means that a 
third of the day we're sleeping, which means if we live to 90, 30 years of our life would have been spent sleeping. There's a reason why the creator gave us sleep. And when we ignore these things, they impact on us further in life. It's the reality. Our family, how our family, how we were nurtured, all of these things have an impact. Our thoughts, exercise, care. So I just wanted to give this slide first to understand that when we get to menopause, we simply say, oh, I'm having these hot flushes or, you know, I'm having this. But your journey in life has an effect on you, which means that where you are now in life, you will have to take control of that. So I'm going to tell you about herbs and I'm going to tell you about nutrition, but your thoughts your psyche is key. And remember this, you are not your thought. What do I mean by that? You are not your thoughts. You and your thoughts are not they Does that mean you? No, because your thoughts change, but you are still the one having the next thought. Think about that. It means that we as beings on this planet must learn to master ourselves. And one of those things are our thoughts because our thoughts then become our actions if we allow it to take seed. Okay, I'm gonna move on from there. So, <clears throat> so what is menopause and perimenopause? And it looks like this wonderful doodling has been happening, but hey, <laughs> happening. so, um, I want to just um, give those, 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 these medical terminology because it's important that we understand that menopause is the ceasing of menstruation, but, and here we go, we see it comes from the word meno, uh, which means monthly, and pauses, which means stop, but menopause occurs retrospectively, and it's always important to, um, to, to make this point, which means that it means that if you um stopped bleeding for six months and then you bled again on the seventh month you are not in menopause until you have gone a next 12 months after that bleed that is when you're actually said to be in menopause before that is the climactic and during that time you can still get pregnant that's why certain people get caught out late they have late children they thought that they couldn't conceive because, you know, they've been having, you know, uh, periods on and off, but they're still ovulating. So menopause is actually 12 months after your last bleed, okay? Now, uh, prior to that, or perimenopause, you're in the climactic stage. Now, I'm going to breeze through this. So pre-menopause is obviously before you actually go into menopause. Now, this is the image that most of us have. And remember, I spoke previously about that control and being able to control ourselves. Because again, I said, how you think can affect even things like your like your um, hot flushes because those hormones that are released that 
cause this chemical imbalance. And I also want you to understand that the female goes through uh, different phases. One of the first phases you went through was when you were a teenager, when the breasts began to grow and the hair began to grow inside, having all of these emotions and your periods come. That was one shift into what we call the reproductive years. Then the next major shift we have is where we come into these menopause years, where again, we have this uh, change in the hormone in our body. But what it is, it's the next phase that we are going to. But even with those hormones that are being released in our body, how we think and we'll look at how we eat have a direct uh, effect on us, direct. And then herbs are what we put on top. Okay, um, so that's the image that most of us have. Um, we have low libido, can do. Some women have low libido. I know some women, they get supercharged at that, that age, you know, the tall voice stage, you know, getting a young man, certain women, libido just turns up the other way, right? So some women, it goes down, some women, um, it, it goes up. But we have many women who are out there doing things, living life, and they're going through the menopausal age. Now, um, these are some of the symptoms, but you see, before I get to the symptoms, this is what I want to say as well. In this society, we have been taught that when you get to menopause, you know, what have you got to look forward to? All of these symptoms, and it's become a symptom picture. So instead of it being like in traditional cultures, and I've spoken to women of different cultures, when you get to menopause, uh, to that age, they don't even call it menopause, they call it eldership. When you get to eldership, your status in life increases because they understand that you now are a treasure of wealth and you become a pillar of your society. You become the person that people go to. So how you even envision uh, this eldership is totally different to how we see it here in the West. Here we see a bag of hormones, you can't uh, have children anymore, you know, you're getting old, you're not gonna be, it's a totally different symptom picture, a picture. And that thought, because your thought, which comes in on a wave, which goes to this hypothalamus that Abby was speaking about, and that's your major endocrine gland that releases certain hormones. Your thoughts affect what is released in your body. And stress is one of those hormones that causes or increases many situations, but certainly hot flushes. So we're talking about stress in your life. We're talking about, because menopause is one of those times in your life where it actually becomes reflective when you look back, Lord of mercy, women did God this with him for a while, this hour. For some people, for some it's like, yes, they're at a certain level of contentment, but it becomes a time of reflection. But it is also a time when you need to be looking forward because it's a time of release. It's a time where you can become it's, it's actually a time of becoming, you can look at that. So <clears throat> how you perceive menopause, this is the part I really want to stress, has everything to do with how it affects you. Because that, um, that 
structure that we were talking about. It sits in a region of the brain we call the limbic region, which is your emotional brain. So your thoughts and the emotions come from the same part of the brain. It's not your emotions, but the hormones that are released when you feel those emotions. Those are in that part of the brain and two affect their one another. It's really important to understand self. Okay, so let's move on to, so these are some of the symptoms that you can get, and there are many more. I think there's over 30 odd symptoms. These are some of the symptoms that most uh, associate menopause with. But what about the freedom that you get? What about that, that stage in life where actually you feel quite free to speak openly, to not be fettered by PC, to, to not feel you have to do something for someone else because they might think. It's actually a stage where you can sit within your queenness, within your eldership and just be. That is also a true stage of menopause. Okay. So let's look at for the effects that you may get through those symptoms. Let's have a look. Okay. I'm just going to say vitamins and minerals, but here I want to ask you, what are you made from the physical body? What is the physical body made from? And many people say, well, cells and organs and blood. Yes, that is true. But that those cells, those organs, that blood, there are components that makes those up. And when you break them down, you get the elements, you get carbon, hydrogen, oxygen, magnesium, potassium, all of those elements which are in the earth, which make up the earth and all around you. That's why I say we are one with the universe. Those are the elements that make the physical body up. Hence why as human beings, we must feed from the earth because we are a living organism that must feed from the earth. The body is alive. It's a living organism. And so when it eats certain things, it's eating itself to replace itself. So this is why we say certain foods you don't eat because they're processed. It means they're made in a way that the body finds it difficult to read because the body is an intelligence. You don't say to your heart, okay, I'm going to go to bed now. You keep beating and in the morning I'll wake up and take over. Or to the respiratory system, okay, I'm about to sleep. You keep breathing and when I wake up, I'll consciously take over. You have nothing to do with that. That's an inner intelligence that works. Something that you don't see. That part that connects with the sun, that cycle, you don't see it's happening. So the intelligence is a working despite you all you have to do is to put the food in your mouth that's all you have to do you don't even have to send it anywhere your body's doing that the intelligences in your body are taking it to the places it needs to go you are living within an intelligence you are an intelligence but there is an intelligence that's running you now vitamins and minerals really minerals are the um like the, the bits of the rock and the the chalk and those those inanimate things, those are part that your body needs. Hence, things like calcium, your body recognizes you need that. And you know that because the, the dairy industry was the one who 
you know, spent millions of pounds that you know about calcium. So, you know, you know about that. But there are many other minerals that the body needs. Vitamins also comes from plants. When you're in <clears throat> menopausal year, vitamin D becomes key. So, but you need calcium to help vitamin D in your body because then as you grow older, you know, you might see Auntie looking a bit shorter. Yeah, she's shrinking. <laughs> she is shrinking. The bone mass gets less. So you really do need to be increasing your vitamin D and your calcium to increase your bone mass. So these are the physical aspects of yourself that you need to be doing. Um, foods with vitamin Ds, these are the kind of foods that have the vitamin D in them. Magnesium, um, another uh, mineral that's important for the body, your muscles, your nervous system. You have 11 systems in your body. And the nervous system is the one that carries all that information, but it, it goes to every part of your body. Now, um, how you think also affects your nervous system because the electrical system that is in your body. Um, when I do the course, I really go into this a lot more, but it's really just to understand that all these different parts of you are interconnected and they come together. I'm going to finish off soon. I just want to get some of the herbs. These are the foods uh, that also work with magnesium foods that also work with calcium that helps with bones. Um, again, these are just some of the uh, vegetables that have the calcium contents. They, these are key for your bones. So that, that it, in the holistic field, we see the bones as your core aspect and that has a strong co correlation with spirituality. That's your, your spirituality is like your foundation. That's what your bones are. That's your structure that keeps you up. So I just want to get to some, so that some of the actual symptoms that you have, you can know how to. So we have the, nu the nutrition, which is the foundation which is what you must feed from. This living organism has to feed from. And then which is the things that, exactly. you know, get done. Yes. How many more minutes, darling? Two <laughs> minutes. Just two yes. more minutes. All right, Queen. So the, the, the fight, sorry. So the plants are going to be now the ones that you put on top of that, that you can incorporate into your daily life. So uh, things like migraine. That some people have. Apart from the fish oils, we have something called tanacetum parthenium. This is really good to help um, release those spasms in the brain. Ginkgo biloba is another one. The hot flushes, the night sweats. Let's go back here. Um, many of you will know about the sage. It really is important to burn, but salvia officinalis, the sage. Um, some people, when you use sage, you can actually put it in a, a cup of water overnight and drink it the next morning. You're getting more, extracting more out of it. Angelica sinensis is Don Kwai. This is the Chinese female ginseng. Very powerful, very, very powerful herb that's been used for thousands of years in women's health and can be used to reduce hot flushes and in many other female symptoms. And I'm just going to do a couple more. Many of you will know this from Black Cohosh, simisifuga, really key in um, helping to reduce the hot flashes. I'm just gonna, and another one, um, oh, let's look at this one quickly, libido, and then I'll finish. Um, Turnera diffusa um, 
in Jamaica, them call it ram goat dashalam. The man them use it, you know, the man them love them thing. That's the ram goat that it helps uh, women to, um, uh, as an aphrodisiac, also horny goat's weed. I think what I'll do, I'll stop here. And then in the questions and answer, I can ask, you know, we can talk about many other herbs and many, because there really is just so many things. Yeah, um, yeah. Okay, so let me just stop. Oh. Thank you, Queen. I mean, it's so difficult, isn't it? Because there's just so much information. You know, it's really hard to talk about um, menopause in just like 10 minutes. I know I appreciate that. You know, we're going to be doing some other stuff to expand on the topics as we go on, you know, through this journey. So wonderful presentation. And I love the way in which, you know, in other cultures, you know, it's not okay that you're all or you pass it. I like that eldership. It just sounds such a graceful term to use for us as we are transitioning into this, you know, older phase in, you know, in our life. That's wonderful. And stress, we have got to cut the stress out of our lives. If this, you know, pandemic has taught us anything, what are you stressing about? You know, you cannot stress about things that you're not in control of. Doesn't make no sense. So, you know, you're going to pick up lots of that. Like I said before at the beginning, you know, I really hope you've got your pens, your pads, paper. You're taking loads of notes because you're getting some good food on this platform. You're getting some medicine. Yeah. Life changing information, tips, strategies. Yeah. And there is light. Yeah. So you're not, you're not suffering in silence. So ladies, what so far what a presentation what i will ask my presenters to do is you know please post your um contact details into the chat so if anybody on the platform wants to get in touch with you you know they can they can do so quite easily so if you could please just you know intermittently keep an eye on the chat and you know answer any questions in there and um you know as i said please post your details um onto the chat thank you thank you wonderful so our next presenter is our fantastic Marlene Antoinette Daly, psychodynamic psychotherapist. We bring you only the best, only the best to these platforms. My darling, Queen Marlene. Thank so you. Good morning, Queens, and boy, are, are we rocking. Oh. By profession, as Joan said, I'm a psychodynamic psychotherapist specialising in working with women. So women's issues, women's concerns, women's thought, and as Kandeki said, women's psyche. So that's professionally. But when I take my professional mask off, I'm a woman coping with menopause, a black woman facing coping and living with menopause. Now, in 2018, the Daily Mail research estimated that there's about 13 million women going through menopause in the UK. Can you imagine that? 13 million, 13 million women. Now, as we know, black people make up just under 4% of the UK population. And I couldn't find a breakdown of what percentage of menopausal women are black. But that doesn't matter. Even if there was 10,000 of us, 500 of us, that's enough, that's more than enough for me. Um, and so know this, you're not alone. You're not alone going through menopause. And the expectation is that by 2025, there'll be 1 billion women experiencing menopause. And that's a lot of hot flushes, 
a lot of hot sweats, enough to cause a tsunami. But what I'm going to talk about today is taking control of your menopause during lockdown. So I'm going to now just come off screen. Um, okay. And I'm going to be able to announce, oops, share the screen now. Okay. Okay, so one moment. Let's hope I don't have anything technical. Oh, here we go. Lovely. So let's start off with something simple first. And just quickly, 30 seconds, if you can identify, do the menopause bingo, and what symptoms can you identify with? Write in the chat if you can get a straight line, either across or diagonally. So we've discussed previously some of the 34, in fact, there's more than 34 known symptoms of menopause. And some people, well, somebody's just written it, can cry out full house. And if anyone can cry out full house, you can have a free, no, no charge to you consultation from me. But that's afterwards, I'll put my details in the chat. So many women are experiencing worsened. The menopausal symptoms as a result of COVID-19 and lockdown are actually getting worse. And the symptoms are probably worsened by stress, by anxiety, and possibly by fear. For some of us, lockdown has featured the Netflix horror of hormones at war. But what I'd like to talk to you about, <laughs> I like that one, is um, I'm going to now introduce you to Lily. So Lily, she's a fictitious character. And I should add before I start that any resemblance to persons living, dead or menopausal is purely coincidental. So Lily was known amongst friends and families and her local community as Spring Step Lily with the good hair. She was queen of multitasking. Bursting through the glass ceiling, she was headhunted by a blue chip firm for a revered post in top management. She was the epitome of a strong black woman, a decision maker, a visionaire, a quick thinker. Lily sat on the board of many charities and many NGOs. She sang in her, co in her church choir. Lily single-handedly changed the reputation of the Parents Association at her 10-year-old grandson's primary school by taking the headmistress to task over the right for all children to have access to after-school clubs, a preschool breakfast club, and the setting up of a tuck shop selling healthy snacks only, which included beetroot crisps and green energy boosting smoothies. Lily was a force to be reckoned with. She feared no man and no woman. Then came the onset of perimenopause. Lily felt totally defeated. She had bladder problems. She peed when she laughed. She could smell a strong, strange body odor coming from her and impulse became her best friend. 
as like Abby, she suffered from brain fog. Deadline, what deadline? Fatigue, she couldn't face another meeting. There were times when Lily wanted out of her 19-year-old marriage and she told her husband, Winston, to put the 20-year anniversary celebrations on hold. Told being an understatement as she shouted and roared at him to just give her space, not only in her life, but also in her bed. Lily thought she was losing it. She perceived menopause as something bad, something she should be ashamed of, and at times she was near to knocking people unconscious. Lily was at a crossroads in her life. She was lost physically, emotionally, and as Kandeki explained to us, spiritually. Now, no matter what state of menopause you were at, the constraints and the rules and the regulations, the present constraints, the rules and regulations, the incessant bad news and the awful monotone voice telling us all to keep safe, wash our hands and stay in can leave you feeling lost, confused and angry which is not helpful when you're also having to deal with menopausal symptoms. Alongside another therapist, I have devised a five-step positivity program, which really is about mindset, to help you manage and cope better, not only during these unusual times, but at all times as you transition and transform into maturity, which is what menopause is. So if we look at P for positivities, it's also about physical activity, going walking with the Queen's Club when they start again. But now you can go walking on your own. You can go running, jogging, yoga, even in your living room. How about round the block? Set yourself goals. Join a lifestyle WhatsApp group. Work out online. A is for awareness. So become aware of your body. It's your body. No one else's, it's yours. You need to know why you're feeling. These Queen's Talks, they're so informative, but also read, do your own research. Be aware of the importance of shutting down. You've got to turn your phone off at some time. Be aware of how much COVID information you're absorbing. We're just absorbing it. It's just all around us. Stay hydrated, fuel your body with goodness, try fasting, try some of those essential oils that Abby um, enlightened us with. Understand the importance of nourishing your soul. Look after your body from the inside. It's pointless, you know, looking beautiful outside when inside is looking pretty ugly. Change your bedding to cotton sheets. Never forget that knowledge is power. So you is for understanding. So again, understanding the importance of a balanced diet. Try fa fasting perhaps, perhaps join the, the one month fasting that you know, some of the queens will be doing. So it's about awareness and understanding. S is for sharing. It's also about support. 
you know, find a support group where you can share your angst with others, reach out to your family and your friends, find a soul tribe. And those of you who need to find a therapist that you can relate to. E is for acceleration, the feeling of excitement. You know, it's good to go, good to go, that feeling of good to go, because this too will end, yeah? E is also for engagement at a higher vibration. Think about breakthroughs instead of breakouts. Engage in your creativity. Draw, write, innovate. Menopause is it's your time. Follow, follow your, your bliss. It's also important to know that you can, you're allowed to feel both at the same time. I'm just trying to make this a bit bigger, yeah. So you can, you can at the same time feel both worried, unsure, hesitant, anxious, skeptical, you know, untrustful and numb at the same time as feeling relieved, excited, happiness, hopeful, joyful, you know, safer and celebratory. You've, you can have all sorts of feelings. All sorts of feelings will come to you at the same time. A menopause reminder. You know, always try and remind yourself that you deserve to take breaks no matter how busy you are. Some of us are not so busy now and some of us are even more busier. Remind yourself that you can get through this week. You can get through this week. So even if today starts off bad, it could turn around. It will only turn around though, because again, it's about your mindset and your thinking. If you're thinking it's all bad, started bad, gonna end bad, when, when, well, so it will be. You've got to change your mindset. Worrying about get, getting everything done is not gonna solve everything. And as I've said again, always remember, stay hydrated. Those of you who can, and you know how to, you know, there's, a, there's courses on breathing and, you know, breath works. So always remember, if you're feeling a bit anxious, take deep breaths, move around, you know, go for the walk, walk around the living room or go from the kitchen to the bedroom or wherever, you know, walk around. If you're feeling, if you're feeling really overwhelmed, that overwhelming feeling, which is happening a lot more as we, you know, as you're glued to your TV or those, there's so many WhatsApp messages, so many WhatsApp messages. So some of the groups, maybe you have to come out of and just, you know, link up with positive groups, but, you know, don't allow yourself to become so overwhelmed. Now, what I'd like to do just for, you know, one minute or so, it won't take long. This is the compassion hold. So you can practice it now. So, overwhelming feeling of doubt or whatever always remember this so number one let's all do it together hands by the side of your head hold number two one hand in front on your forehead one hand behind hold your head close your eyes and hold pose three one hand on your forehead and the other one just over your torso as it shows you in the demonstration and just hold, hold yourself. And when you're doing it in your own space, in your own time, 
quiet. Some people do it with music. You know, you can actually feel your heart breathing. So you're, you're there. You're still alive. Number four, hand over the torso. The other hand holding the gut. The gut speaks to us, not just about eating queens, but about our spirituality, that gut feeling that we have, that uncomfortable feeling, all to do with the gut, where it's coming from. And then pose five, hand over the gut and the other hand at the back. And practice that, those poses. And again, I can send those if you just send me your, um, your details to me, I will send those. So let's move on. So, Lily, let's go back to Lily. Her previous narrative, the previous narrative that I shared was 10 years ago. That was at the onset of her perimenopause. Now, well, after seeking therapeutic support, starting her own support group, Lily now practices the art of positivity. She works part-time for a charity champion the, championing the rights of menopausal women in the workplace. She also facilitates workshops for menopausal women spreading the work about pelvic floor health. Right, I'm gonna stop sharing now and come back to the screen. So this is uh, Marlene Antoinette talking now, not Lily. I believe that all women have a right to manage their menopause. And menopause isn't just a female topic. It's a topic that everyone needs to understand. So if we've got any stray kings on the group, that's lovely. But you need to speak to your, your, your partners, your husbands, even your sons, you know, because when you're having mood swings and you're slamming that fridge shut, they need to know why mummy or grandmother is in that foul mood. So it's not just a female topic. Men need to understand. And why they need to understand is because when women are thriving, the whole village is thriving. Don't believe me? Ask Lily, she'll tell you. So Queens, thank you for your time and thank you for listening. That's me. Oh, Marlene, absolutely <laughs> phenomenal. Wonderful. Wonderful. And you just kept it so real, so real. And it is about slamming that fridge. Sometimes you want to numb off somebody's head. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and it's it's all this stuff that's going on, isn't it? It, yeah. it really is such a challenge. And it's and it's really about, you know, workplaces understanding because you're trying to function in the workplace and it's it's difficult. It's hot, you know, someone can just move a paper and you, you just want to kill them. You know, or they said something in a meeting, you want to just, you know, drop kick them. So <laughs> it's, it's, it's really, it really is, you know, really, really challenging. So, and it was interesting, the survey that you did where there were so many full houses. <laughs> so many full houses. Well, I will send my details in the group. And those of you, it, it might just be the first 10. Come on, ladies, give me a break. You'll have a free <laughs> consultation. <laughs> Exactly. And it's, and you know, what's so fantastic about the platform, you know, it gives women the opportunity to connect, whether yeah. 
you know, psychotherapy is their thing that's going to rock them or connecting with Kandaki or with Abby. You know, there is something out there for everybody. There are choices, there are options. So it's really important to push that out into the community. It's not always yeah. about running to the GP, you know, and I, you know, and I love medicine, you know, no disrespect to the NHS, absolutely phenomenal. But there are other options that, you know, other routes that we can go down. And can I just say, it is so important to, now's the time, ladies, queens, to become creative. Draw on your creative strengths. We are a creative people. You know, draw on your creativity. I like writing, that's me. You might like writing, you might like drawing, you might just like storytelling, whatever it is, but we are so creative. Yeah, absolutely. Every single one yeah. of us in a different way. In a different way. And I think being in this, you know, um, pandemic as well, we've had time to stop and really tap into that creativity within us. Within us. So brilliant advice. And I, and I love the exercises. So is it something that you would do like in the morning, in the evening? How long you, for? You could do, do it whenever you like. Whenever yeah. you like. When you're having the self-compassion exercises, when you're feeling overwhelmed and for mm. some people underwhelmed because sometimes mm. the fatigue just drains you you forget about overwhelming you're mm. underwhelmed mm. you just touch yourself you're there you, you know you've got to sometimes self-soothe they call it mm. self-soothing mm. you know mm. baby self-soothes when they rock in the cots if we remember some of us who had babies that used to rock waiting for mommy to get fed we now need to start self-soothing it's okay to mm. self-soothe so you do those exercises whenever you feel you need to do them. And one of the key messages which, which I also liked in your presentation, you know, it's a new year. Mm. We can reset, you know, new resolutions. Yeah. You know, and just keep that positivity just running through your life, running through everything that you're doing, talk it into existence. Talk it into existence. And if you're surrounded by too many negative peoples, yeah. queens you may have to delete them from your phone yeah absolutely. because you 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 are who your friends are and if all yeah, your friends absolutely. are just negative oh no this then you're going to become negative yeah yeah so you know again absolutely. this is the year to start really thinking about you yeah and absolutely and what you said about the whatsapp group is so key because we're so driven by all these different social media platforms whether it's whatsapp you know instagram facebook etc you know and some you know you really kind of like need to check yourself because you can become so self-absorbed into all these platforms, you yeah. know, what is real? <laughs> yeah, what exactly. So, you know, that, you know, it's really a time to reset, recharge, rethink, redirection, do whatever you've got to do. Yeah, just to keep, exactly. you know, just to get yourself balanced. So Marlene, Queen, wonderful. Thank my you pleasure. so thank much, you. my darling. And thank what I will say, just to pick up again, like participants on the platform, if you've got any questions, please could you post it into the chat and we'll have the Q&A at the end. And also to follow us on Eventbrite. If you want to be kept informed of all our weekly um, Zoom sessions, Saturday morning Zoom sessions, please follow us and then you'll get the automatic notifications come out. And this session is being recorded. So what will happen is recordings are going to be put up onto our YouTube channel for release. So you can always replay 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 yeah just to suck up all the information that you shared yeah 
Oh, thank you. So I'm moving on to Carol, Queen Carol. How are you, my queen? Let me see if I can, I'm going to put ask to unmute. I'm good, I'm good. Good morning, Queens. Welcome, welcome. Lovely, it's brilliant to be here a second time. And yeah. really, I'm, I've been thoroughly fed. And I feel that actually what I'm about to say is it, almost like a kind of a pulling together of or a kind of a reinforcement of what's been said. But I love the stuff about eldership. I love the stuff around actually sitting in your queenness and the compassionate poses are a must. I'm going to run around telling people all about those compassionate poses because we know that people need to be hugged all the time. So you're able to kind of do the kind of dance with it as well because <laughs> you move around is brilliant. So I feel I feel thoroughly fed. So um, just to say a bit about me, actually my kind of journey in this area came about when I actually started menopause, except I hadn't realized I started menopause. And so um, <clears throat> I'd actually been out of the country for a while and I came back and I should stay at my dad's. And I remember one of my aunties coming over from Jamaica and um, I tell the story all the time. And I had to go into a bunk bed <clears throat> so she could have my room right so I'm climbing up this little bunk bed and I'm conscious as I am so so tired I'm tired and then there's a little kind of lip before you kind of flip yourself over onto the bed and I couldn't heave myself I'm in, a, I'm in my 50s for goodness sake and I felt achy and tired and mash up and worst thing as well is that She's an auntie from Jamaica, so of course, all the family's coming down. So what happens? Cooking and cleaning and all the rest of it. And in my head, I'm vicious in with my anger, thinking, I, I'm tired. I'm tired. <laughs> Why expect me to do all this work? And I just thought, this is just absolutely nuts. I felt like an 80-year-old woman, the worst of an 80-year-old woman. So I went to the doctor and I said to him, okay, I need my blood test done and so forth. And I came, came back from my blood test. Uh, can I have a printout, please? Because I never just listened to what they say. So I looked at the printout and actually I thought, okay, it's okay. You know, he said, it's fine. He said, well, oh, Mr. Well, you're absolutely fine. I said, well, but, okay, I'm fine. But why do I feel so tired and achy still? And he said to me, well, you must be a hypochondriac. Yeah, because you know, I thought, excuse me? I've been going to this doctor for nearly 30 years. He's telling me, I said, I'm not a hypochondriac. He said to me, well, you wasn't before, but you must be now. <laughs> so when I, got, when I looked at the paperwork now and I went back and I studied and I looked and I studied and I thought, oh, that's the indicators of perimenopausal. And I looked at the study and said, okay, then when you go through this, you're gonna get, you can get aches and pains and tiredness. I thought, for goodness sake, that man would send me mad <laughs> if I followed him. So then what I started to do was study up and I just changed my diet completely. And I was blown away because I've never been the person into food changes and all that stuff. I just eat whatever I want to eat, basically. And so I actually went on a, a diet with a low, food with a low glycemic index. In fact, food with a low glycemic load. So I was having my yam, my sweet potato. I was having my boiled, my boiled banana in the morning with some fish. Well, normally it was just toast, you know, or, or cereal. Now it's my, you know, I was having hard food. I was having kidney beans, all different, different ways. And I could not believe it. I went from level eight aches and pains and tiredness to like level two, just for the change of my diet. And I did that for a number of months. And of course I went around telling the whole world and the, I was off, I was off. Cause I, I was my first guinea pig. I just thought this is amazing stuff. But what was most important for me wasn't so much about the kind of the physical stuff 
it was about then looking at what was the kind of psychological impact of this so-called menopause. And so I want to share some of that journey with you. I think this morning for me is I'm going to share some stories with you, not necessarily in my own, um, just as a kind of a very lyrical way into um, into kind of looking at uh, looking at the issue. So uh, we'll have a see how we go. Right. So I think what some of the some of the some of the um, speakers have already said. Look, you know what? I mean, Kandeki said it exceptionally well. That you know, um, menopause and what the experiences we have, or, or it's very much. Sorry, when we go through menopause, it's very much a time when we come up against the unfinished business that we've actually accumulated over the first half of our lives. So we sometimes we're kind of grieving things that we didn't do. You know, the longings that we had, we didn't do that that doctorate for me, or yet, um, or we didn't have that other child. We didn't have that child, um, and basically. What everybody said is that, you know, that unfinished business has come up a time where we need to actually re-examine and actually complete the things that we hadn't said we, we hadn't done. Of course, we can't have the baby that we didn't plan to have, that we didn't have, but we could do the other activities. Or we could do the PhD, which I'm fully planning to do when I retire. Okay, so I'll, be, I'll get my PhD at 70. It's okay. It's good. I'm planning to live until I'm 90, at least. Gone. <laughs> right? So... You know, the, this time of looking unfinished business is very much, we feel as if it's, what we need to do is think about it as if we've gone down to a basement and found boxes and boxes of things to be sorted and weeded down. That's what's coming up. And so basically the message is, if you're willing to deal with your own unfinished business, you're, you're more likely to have fewer menopausal symptoms because as other speakers have said, a lot of what we experience about menopause is actually based upon our, um, messages that we're told about what menopause is, but also based upon also the stuff that we haven't dealt with. And so a lot, some of it's physiological, but some of it's actually what's going on in your mind. The symptoms and messages that parts of our lives need attention. Okay, so let me tell you a story, let me come off screen a bit and tell you, read out a little story, it's like a story tale. Uh, with my uh, mouse. And uh, let me tell you about Leo the lion. Okay. So once upon a time, there was a baby lion who was born into the world alone and afraid. A family of sheep found him at their home in the green grassy valley at the bottom of the mountain one day. And because he was so beautiful and because they were so kind, they decided to raise him as one of their own. It was his sister who had a highly developed sense of irony who suggested the name Leo. So they taught Leo the baby lion how to walk as a sheep and talk as a sheep and taught him all the ways of sheep. And they loved him with all of their hearts. They taught him to, they taught him to fear what all sheep fear and what, that, that whatever he did, he mm -hmm. must stay away, from, stay away from the mountains. The lions lived up there and no sheep who had ever gone up to the mountain had returned. Eventually, Leo became so good at acting like a sheep that even his own family forgot he was really a lion. Sure, occasionally some of the other sheep teased him with his unusual size and his bushy haircut, but Leo did what he could do to fit in and he made good friends. And eventually he became a good productive member of the sheep community. The years passed uneventfully until one day, an old lion from the mountains came down into the green grassy valley in search of food. Leo was the first to sense his presence. And as soon as he yelled, lion, all the sheep began to run in panic circles. In the midst of the chaos, the old lion noticed Leo. Hey, you, roared the lion. Me, whimpered Leo, terrified. 
but at the same time is fascinated by this magnificent old creature. What are you doing here with all these sheep? The old line demanded. They're my family, said Leo proudly. At this, the old line laughed. Then who are you, young one? I'm Leo and I'm a sheep, Leo bleated. Suddenly the old lion's face turned fierce. Come with me, he roared. Leo didn't want to go with the old lion, but he thought that by doing so, he might save his fellow sheep. So with a last look back at his flock, he followed the old lion off into the mountains. They walked for many miles until at last, high up into the mountains, they came upon a beautiful, crystal clear lake filled with smooth blue water. The old lion beckoned Leo to come to the edge of the lake. By this time, Leo was exhausted, not so much from the climb, which he found surprisingly easy, but from the constant fear that at any moment the old lion would eat him. So with a final reluctant bah, Leo made his way to the edge of the lake and looked where the old lion was pointing. To his amazement, he saw not a sheep, but the reflection of a strong young lion. In that moment, he knew who he really was and let out a mighty roar that shook the mountain all the way down the green grassy valley. After the shock of discovering his true identity, Leo realized that he was hungry, really hungry, and grass just wasn't gonna cut it anymore. Fortunately, Leo knew where he'd get food and plenty of it. But when he got back to the valley where his old flock was still grazing, he stopped in shock, for what he saw was not a flock of sheep, but a pride of lions, each one grazing and bleating and acting for all the world like sheep. It was his own mother who saw him first, and though Leo could see that she herself was a beautiful lioness, she cowed in fear, not accepting, not recognizing him, and bleating, lion, <laughs> at the top of her voice. Mother, he roared, but the sound just made the sheep lioness run even faster among the increasing agitated herd. Finally, Leo noticed that his sister was looking at him with a faint hint of recognition, and he knew what he must do. He put on his fiercest face, and he roared at her, come with me. And though she was afraid, she followed him up on the long journey up to the clear blue lake in the mountains. So that's the story of Leo the lion. And I think that encapsulates the message that I think a lot of us have been trying to give this morning about what it means to be in this stage of our life. That in fact, so many of us are around people, the collective wisdom that says <clears throat> menopause is a time to be suffered through. It's a time to be battered through. It's a time that we go to the doctor it's about symptoms, it's about pathology. And the reality is that is the story of those other sheeps around us. They're saying what it should be because as somebody was saying before, they did the research and they established that the reality is, is that other cultures do, don't emphasize the physical symptoms and may not even in fact have those physical symptoms. And so therefore, this is a story about how we then begin to see ourselves a true reflection of ourselves not so much leo now but leonora let's say the lioness that we are those lionesses that we have the job for the remainder of our the second half of our life 
to try and undo those stories because I didn't know I had the stories when I went through my um, early menop the menopause um, symptoms I hadn't even thought really about menopause but nevertheless I've lived for 50 odd years and inculcated those messages from previous from my whole existence I've lived in the global north as they call it the developed countries the developed world and inculcated those messages about what it means to be a woman so you've seen this slide here what is your current state state whose eyes are you looking into other, what other sheep around you? So if you think about the five friends that you are currently around, what do they say about this stage in life? And it may not be about necessarily menopause, but it may, but it may also be around the, just what they're experiencing. So you might find some friends are a bit more miserable, as I call it, um, um, much more, a bit more irritable, as we say, or a bit more um, negative and bad mind. <laughs> You know, just you just find that it's just uncomfortable to be around those people anymore. You think, my gosh, I've known this person for 20 years now. I kind of need to move on. But whose eyes are we looking into? And it's very hard to step outside of that. So let's think about the friendship groups we have around us. So we need to understand the story around of menopause. It's only half the story. I'd say maybe only a smaller percentage of that. So the question for you guys is, you know what, let's think about this. What if we accepted that we were Leonora the lion, that we were this majestic, awesome creature. We sat up straight. We did the compassionate holds all the time. We sat in our queenness. In fact, let me just take a pause here. If we sat in our queenness, I think for those of us still in the world of the corporate world of work, and I'm not, I actually left Egypt. I left the plantation 12 years ago. But for those who are actually still in the corporate world of work, to sit inside your queenness is actually quite a hard thing to do as black women because we're constantly being girled. You're boys, I'd say men, I'd say you're being boyed. Because you're, we're constantly having to appease other people and principally a lot of white people. And because of that, we have to be incredibly light and acceptable and very smiley and incredibly charming and just, just very light, I'd say so that we're not seen as a threat or they don't feel uncomfortable around us. And I've noticed, for example, if I see people, see people walking the street, I see a white woman, a black woman, I notice that black woman being far more animated, uh, eye contact, way more eye contact with that white woman, and the white woman head straight and just nodding carefully. I've seen it over and over and over again. We do this unconsciously. So my slides keep jumping automatically, I need to change this. Um, so basically we spend a lot of time if you like, trying to make ourselves fit within a particular style, within a particular culture, with a particular person. So we basically small up ourselves, as some people say, to fit in. So let's stand, if we're standing in our queenship then, it means actually, I, I need to draw myself up to my full height. I need to speak from my gut. When I speak from my gut, I speak more deeply and more carefully. It means I stand in my power. It means then that I actually operate with my connection. My, my pineal gland is kind of fully functioning. My melanin is doing what it's supposed to do. And I'm no longer not letting my, sign, my light shine. So what could your next 10 years look like then folks, if we stood up in that? So I'm 56 now, what, what could I be? What's my plan for 66? In fact, I've got my whole plan to a 90, literally I've got it 
a side of A4 pinned to the inside of my Bible because I sat down at that time and I thought, oh, oh, hold on a minute. I'm not about to kind of slide downwards and kind of do all right. I'm about to kind of, you know, that's why I know what I'm going to do my PhD. That's when I'm, I'm God willing. At the end of the day, you know, God, God laughs at our plans, but God knows my intentions, right? So I'm laying out my plans for the next 10 years, no, that's until a 90s. So what could your next 10 years look like? The 10 years after that, the 10 years after that, 60s, 70s, 80s. In fact, shall I share with you? No, no, I won't. I haven't got the time. I'll share with you some of the, my plans for my 70s, 80s. Because I expect to be, I want to be that elder, but I want to be my version of that elder. Because the reality within the, the kind of the, 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 the North context, everyone wants to be 40. And let me say, oh, 50 is a new 40, and then 60 is a new 40, or 60 is a new 50, and all that, because we're all angling to be young. Listen, I'm quite happy looking 56. I want to be, I want to be a, a healthy looking 56. I want to be a good, well-presented 56, but I'm quite happy looking my age, thank you very much. I just want to be healthy with it. So therefore, we've got to think about, if we're thinking about eldership, what's our version of that? It isn't necessarily about being purely majestic. It isn't necessarily just being about serious. It's a combination of things. It's quirky. It's kind of getting it wrong. Tim, one of the things I'm learning is about allowing myself to get it wrong and not think shame, 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 shame. You know, years ago, we're very much about presenting ourselves in a very polished way and thinking, feeling really bad about ourselves, particularly in the corporate sector anyway, and around certain men of, you know, exes and so forth. And no, those days are gone now because the estrogen has left us anyway. The estrogen said, well, okay, you had, all, you know, we, you had us, for your children, you had us to nurture, you had us to nurture certain things. Now you're left with less of that, so you're left with you. So be you. So I want to be the elder of me that says, okay, then I can be majestic, I can be quirky, I can be silly, I can be all of those things. And my children are going to have a hard time with it because I'm going to really embarrass the hell out of them. So let me tell you Peggy's story, and I'm going to um, read out her story. It's a bit like Lily. Um, it's kind of a combination of, of things, but let's see how we go with Peggy. Hold on. Okay, let me just read out the story of Peggy. So when Peggy, a 58-year-old kindergarten teacher, went through menopause, she began to experience an inability to concentrate in her classroom. She said, after 30 years as a teacher, I couldn't remember the names of children in my classes, and sometimes I couldn't even remember how to spell words. Every fibre of her being told her to take a sabbatical from work, from teaching, to give her inner life some attention. Her thinking problem became so bad that she eventually started crying in front of the, her classes. She realized that she needed a change. She left her job, traveled to California and lived in a small cottage near the beach for a year, as you do. During that time, she began to knit. She found that knitting was exactly what her brain needed for meditative activity. On a hunch, Peggy began to teach senior citizens the knitting techniques she was learning. She sent me, this is a person's writing about this, um, a beach chair. She handed the seat and the, and the back uh, in a beautiful and unusual design that she'd found. Um, and she found her skills were in great demand. In addition to her knitting, she allowed herself to grieve fully at the end of her marriage 10 years before, 10 years before. She forgave herself for the impact that it had on her son. By the time she was seen a year later, she was a healed woman with a great deal, a great deal of trust in life. She had accepted the challenge of menopause, moved into her intuitive side and begun a whole new life. 
She now spends half the year in California and half the year in Maine. She's back to a small amount of teaching on her own terms. She no longer forgets names. So that's the story of Peggy. So she's gone, she, and you know what? That was one of the first things I read when I was researching around menopause. I thought, what? Look at this. Um, I began to read about left brain and right brain and realizing that actually when you move into your men menopause years, you're now moving more into your right brain, which as we've talked about is the creativity side of things, it's the intuition side of things. So all of a sudden that's why when you go to sleep at times, I used to see colors as we go to bed and I've never been to kind of furniture design or interior design. I've been seeing designs of this and designs of that, colors and so forth. One of my sisters who um, I've got, how many six? There's five sisters, six six girls, and one of my sisters. If you told me that all Valerie knew to do was stick men, I'd have believed it because I never saw Valerie Valerie draw or anything like that. But she started to just paint. She painted like she'd been to art school for three years, and then just put it down. She her, we thought, what? This is Valerie, the little one, the quiet one, and whatever. So I paint these things, and she, uh? and then also then she started sculpting. That's actually more recently as well. But she's gone from like naught to 60s, literally, I kid you not. In fact, if I do a talk again for this group, I'll show you those pictures or some other group in the future. I must share the pictures. I have another sister who wasn't interested in baking, but I did the baking. You know, I was very good at baking. Not that I loved it, but it worked out quite nicely. And then she started, she said, oh, bake me a cake for my daughter. I thought, oh, no, I can't be up. So she said, you're not going to bake the cake. Well, my dear. When she baked that she baked the cake, she then decided to ice it. When you see how she's icing these cakes, these creations that she's making, I mean, you know, well, John Henry is the king as far as I'm concerned in terms of cake decorating. I know he's a local um, uh, cake baker, it decorates fantastic. But Denise, she's kind of like giving him a run for his money, at least halfway there. If she continues the length of time he has, she'd be like gone clear. And that's no disrespect to John, it just shows how much her creativity came through. And I just think, wow. So the things that I would see white women doing, allowed to do, be very creative and arty, and it was, it was for them. Oh, no, no, no. And it's similarly when we see our parents as well. We see our parents engaged in, they were doing the knitting and crochet. We just thought they just did it because they're old fashioned. No, that was their expressiveness. That was their creativity coming through. So I want to hear from you guys in the chat then. Just, just write down one or two things that you found yourself doing more of that you think is creative. I'm going to see the whole list. When we go back and when you guys scroll through as well, I want you to see the different types of things that people are doing. This is what black women are doing. We're doing interesting things. We're reclaiming it. We can do the things from the climbing the mountains to the crocheting. I like my crocheting. I'm sorry, I enjoy it. And it's a new thing. And I, I was very much left brain, very logical. I'm enjoying that now. Okay. Running, running down. This is my favorite poem. I always read this. I'm going to read this out now. Again, it kind of emphasizes the kind of the perspective I'm talking about. When I'm an old woman, I shall wear purple with a red hat that doesn't go and doesn't suit me. And I shall spend my pension on brandy and summer gloves and satin, silver, satin sandals and say, with no money for butter, I shall sit down on the pavement when I'm tired and gobble up samples in shops and press alarm bells and run my stick along the public railings and make up the sobriety of my youth. I shall go out in my slippers in the rain and pick flowers in other people's gardens and learn to spit. You can wear terrible shirts and grow more fat and eat three pounds of sausages in one go. Only bread and pickle for a week and hold pens and pencils and beer mats and things in boxes. But now we must have clothes that keep us dry 
and pay our rent and not swear in the street and set a good example for the children. We must have friends to dinner and read the papers. But maybe I ought to practice a little now. So when people who know me are not too shocked and surprised, when suddenly I'm old and start to wear purple, and I love that because, of course, you know, I mean, it's written in the 60s, of course, it reflects a kind of earlier genre, but it still reflects the fact that, you know, she's going to brock out. She's breaking out. She's deciding she wants to do what she does and make it happen for her. So that is the story of us entering into our purple years. And that's the phrase that I've coined. We are now, ladies, in our purple years. Everything that Abby has said, everything that Kandake has said, everything that Marlene said, everything that I've said, everything that Pat's is going to say. Now, who have I missed out? Did I miss out on one of those who did a presentation? Everything we have said is adding up to our purple years. Welcome. And you know what purple means? It means, it means majestic. In fact, I looked, I woke, I was actually last night, Literally last night, I had this thing about purple, purple, purple. It's almost like I was doing a, um, not purple, blue rather. I was almost like I was doing some form of exercise or um, activity. And every time I looked behind it, it was blue, 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 blue. That the message was blue was a power, blue is a blue. And I just thought that's really, really odd. I woke up with that. I thought, okay, God, I'm going to, I'm going to give that to people. So I literally just typed out this last slide here and I did a little study on blue. And it turns out, and I thought, I look, and, you know, I come from a Christian base, but you know, you have a look at it in different ways as well. But I looked and it said, it turned out that actually in the Bible, the Hebrew Bible, the word purple didn't appear until years. Actually they used the Hebrew roof, it was, it was purple. Sorry, Hebrew word for blue was translated as purple. So I thought, okay, right. So I'm on the right track, Father. <laughs> it's not just not just Jenny Joseph's talked about the purple years. The blue signifies health. It signifies the power of God. Um, it's you know the very fact that the the, 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 the the sky is blue, but it also represents you know different points in the Bible. And if you just think of it as a wisdom text, if you if you don't follow the Bible at all, but you know it represents the law, commandments, grace. The revelation of the Holy Spirit, I just thought, yes, that's what it's about. So when we're thinking about our eldership, when we're thinking about being in our queenness, we'll stay with that. We'll stay with what that symbolizes. So your purple years, you can decide what it means. You can stand on it. Um, but I'm really glad that when you think about the notion of purple years, it's rooted in what the symbolism of the Bible has to say about it. So that is my kind of overview of the purple years. If anybody wants to know, oh, actually, hold on a minute. One last thing. Have I got two minutes? Can I do that? I just want to share with you very quickly. It's a, it's a very practical thing, <coughs> actually. Um, but let me share again. Oh, hold on. Where have I gone to now? Screen share. <coughs> I wanted to share something very practical with you guys as well. Um, where is it? Um, and um, I just, if you want, and I was about to say, guys, if you want, if you're interested more about this, the purple years notion and kind of touch base with me, but I also wanted to kind of share a bit of stuff as well around some practical things. Um, and it reflects some of the things that people talked about. But actually, there's a few additional other items as well. Can people see that? You can see the kind of, it's not very big, but I just wanted to rattle through a number of things that people can also take 
um, that helps with the actual menopausal symptoms, which I'm saying in your purple years, and if we do the work, is the least of the issues that we're working with. It really is. This is just kind of satisfying our practical mindset, as it were. So maca powder. Don't know if anybody's heard about maca powder. So basically, it's been, studies have been shown it alleviates hot flushes, interrupted sleeps, reduces stress. So one teaspoon of maca powder, you can go into your peanut butter. I like peanut butter. It can go into your smoothies in the morning. And that's kind of an overall thing. It's, it covers everything, hot flushes, interrupted sleep, reduces the stress load, reduces anxiety and depression, improves sexual libido in men and women. So foundational. The list of things I'm going through is what I'm, call, what I'm calling the balance range. So it kind of gets your system settled down. Then there's Korean red ginseng. So I haven't talked about Don Kwai. So I'm very interested in the person who mentioned Don Kwai, whether you think, because I researched the Korean red ginseng. I was <coughs> muted for a bit. Can you hear me still now? I think it's time in. Okay, I've been on timer now. <laughs> okay, Don't quickly. Worry. Then. Don't worry, just two, two okay. minutes. Yeah, all minutes. And so yeah. there's Korean red but it's good for the immune system. And basically, what you do is like, you know, take it for two or three week cycle and then two weeks, two weeks break in between and see the, the actual amounts there as well. That amount of milligrams, 5,400 milligrams. And this is not idle, this is cross reference research all over the place. It's not just a, a, pull, a pull out thing. Then black cohosh has been mentioned before. So if you take in powder forms between 250 to 500 milligrams. And then MSM is for, for, for collagen, basically. It's, it's kind of like, you know, a, it's, a, it's the kind of our collagen, which is the skin, which is the skin that affects our skin on our face, the skin that affects our vaginas, you know, so we've got, you know, and so forth. So therefore, we can either take collagen powder or, which is, it can be animal-based collagen powder, or we can go for the kind of the, the underlying, the building block of that, which is MSM, which is the kind of sulfur, which actually builds the cells as well. So um, basically it helps skin elasticity, skin elasticity even. And also, um, but if, if you're thinking about, you know, how your face looks, you're thinking, hold on a minute, there is, you know, the vagina isn't plump and it's the whole vaginal and the vaginal thinning stuff, then you can actually look at, um, draw on that. And then there's essential oils, which obviously Abby is the queen of, and I wouldn't begin that, but uh, I've put Deterra down there because um, she's talked about that before, not because I'd researched it. I was very pleased to hear of a very, very good grade there. You know, I'm quite happy to incorporate that. But basil's essential oil is very good. You can put it to the back of your neck. Um, here's the thing. If we're decreasing estrogen levels, it actually helps to increase estrogen levels, not to the proportions that we've had or anything like that. Everything is a little light sliver, if it were, but we layer it. We layer it. Um, but also, obviously, that's going to contribute to improving hot flushes. Vitamin E, interestingly enough, acts as a substitute for, high, uh, for estrogen as well. Again, light levels. These are kind of, you know, because they're, they're, these are plant-based stuff. It's not the kind of the same powerful levels we'd have ordinarily, but again, that helps to rebalance as well. It doesn't mean your periods start again or anything like that, you reverse aging, <laughs> but it does mean you actually um, add to that. Then there's um, other essential oils like bergamot, clary sage, you've already mentioned, um, Abby, um, and all the research just, just sings of clary sage all over the place in terms of addressing hot flushes, antidepressants, so forth. And bergamot also, interestingly enough, is kind of reduces bad, bad cholesterol and so forth and increases good cholesterol. So that's just what I call the balance range. I have a whole body of other um, uh, ranges for different 
collections for different things in relation to energizing you, in relation to brain fog. So it's a combination of, of um, herbs, powders, and essential oils, I think. So if anybody actually wants that full list, um, there's the there's a, the rejuvenate range, there's the kind of the, um, the memory ones, there's the kind of, and it goes on. So if anybody wants that kind of um, listing, can you, you can put purple years, purple's years list in the chat and then I'll, um, I'll get that to you via, either directly or via, via, via Joan. Okay, guys, so our purple years, this is just a side thing. The drug stuff is just a side thing. Let's walk into it. Okay, over to you. Are you done? Yep, I am. Oh, and I'm going to stop sharing. Thank you. Thank you. And I, I just love the expression, the purple years. Absolutely. Purple. It's a nice way to, you know, look at this or that transition and queenship. And it's really about, you know, we can just do anything. Yeah. Really Where they, you know, we say age is just a number. We, as long as we you know, we've got health and strength, you know, we're resilient, we're powerful, we can do anything. Yeah, we don't need to take the crap, so to speak. Yeah, yeah. It's and it's a different level as well because it's kind of whereas before we were kind of forcing it, you know, you know, I'm independent, strong black woman, all of that stuff. Yeah. This is we've actually got new tools now because yeah. the brain's been wired differently. Um, we're now being connected up differently. So before it was talk and we were forcing it through, we we're muscling it through. Now we're kind of intuiting, creating our ways through it. So it's a different way of being. It's a way of actually connecting up with that power base that's there, which is brilliant. And I also, I also like the way in which, you know, and I think a couple of you, I mean, you said it, Marlene said it, it's about, you know, people are tapping into their creativity. And I could see in the chat, you know, knitting, crochet, painting, you know, and there, there is, you've got all this time in yourself, you know, it's about where you channel some of that energy you've got stored up in you. And it is, you know, and we are creative people. So there's, there's lots of wonderful stuff going on. I might do a Zoom session actually for people to come and show some of the creative, yes. you know, what's happened, you know, post-menopause now, you know, what sort of stuff are you doing? Oh, yes. We want to see post-menopausal women do because we know that black people are very creative. It's about validating it at this stage in our life Absolutely. and giving a new meaning to what it means to be in our purple, well, purple years is new meaning, right? Because then you're going to have to unpack that, right? Okay. <laughs> Thank you so much, my darling. Beautiful presentation. So as always, we are always running behind time on our Zoom platforms, <laughs> but this is how we queens, when we start to talk, you know, there's just so much that's, you know, comes up in the conversations and in the presentations. So thank you so much, my darling. So we've got um, our final presenter, Patsy, who's new to the platform. Are you there, Patsy? Yes, hello, I'm here, I'm here. Oh, um, <clears throat> Menopause yoga. Yes. A completely new, I didn't even know this thing existed until you contacted me. <laughs> I've never, I mean, I've never heard of menopause yoga. No, not a lot of people have actually, but um, I'm so happy and excited that you invited me to be part of your platform. So thank you so much for, for the invitation. Um, so ladies, I don't have a PowerPoint, I'm afraid, but actually that's because I'm going to kind of get you to do some physical stuff today. And um, I actually want to kind of leave you with something practical that you can do um, for yourselves. So 
Today, I want to start and end my talk with our breath. So your breath is powerful. If you think about it, your life begins with an inhale and it ends on an exhale. And the quality of your breath in between those two breaths determines how healthy or unhealthy you are. So in yoga, breath work is what we call pranayama. Prana uh, meaning life energy and yama meaning control. And if you can learn to control the way you breathe, you can positively impact your physical body. So we're gonna begin with a little breath exercise. So something for you to kind of just ease yourself into the day. We've had some fantastic presentations this morning from Abby, Kandake, Marlene and Carol. And actually it's Marlene's, um, I loved Marlene's self-compassion uh, hold. So I'm actually, if, if, um, if Marlene is, 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 uh, is open to this, I'm gonna actually use her self-compassion hold for this first, uh, first breathing exercise. So this breathing exercise is called the four part breath and it's sometimes called box breath or four by four breathing. And the reason it's called the four part breath is because it's in four parts. So you have your inhale, which you do to the, um, the count of four. You then hold the breath for the count of four. You then exhale to the count of four and then you hold your breath out for the count of four. So it's really, really simple. So it's almost like box breath. We say, so it's inhale, hold, exhale, hold. And then we go around again. So what I'm gonna get us to do is so that we can really experience um, Marlene's wonderful self-compassion hold. We're gonna do five rounds of the four part breath. And for each round, we're going to use one of Marlene's um, postures. So first off, what I want you all to do is just come into a really comfortable seat. So when I say a comfortable seat in yoga, it's really important that we keep our spine nice and straight. So you want to, in order for us to do that, you kind of, in a way, you almost want to kind of, kind of separate your buttocks and kind of sit really well and feel really grounded in your seat. Next thing I want to do is just make sure, just imagine really that you've kind of got this golden thread that kind of comes upwards from the crown of the head up into the sky. Your chin should be parallel to the floor and slightly drawn in like a soldier attention. With your hands, we're going to go through each of those postures in a second, but it's really important that you feel comfortable and relaxed. But also when you're doing any of um, the yoga, breath, meditations, pranic, uh, pr pranayamas, you can do them either seated or lying down. Either of those is fine. So first off, we're in our nice comfortable seat. And what I want you to do is just close down the eyes so that you can kind of just be in the space for a second and just connect with your breath, feeling the inhale, and feeling the exhale. And just really taking the time to connect with your breath. And just noticing if the inhale is more difficult than the exhale. Notice if you can feel any areas in your body that feel or hold stress. 
just taking a moment to connect with your breath and how you're feeling at this moment. And just really bringing your attention to your inhale and exhale. And just making a conscious effort first to just release any worries, any concerns. And if you're feeling any tension anywhere in your body, just breathing your inhale into those areas and imagining that you're filling them with light and energy, releasing any stress. Good. So now we've kind of just arrived in the space and we've kind of prepared ourselves. We're gonna go through uh, Marlene's wonderful self-compassion hold. So if you want to just gently open your eyes, we're first going to place both hands on the side of the head and just make sure you can feel some of that pressure. It's a real kind of lovely feeling. When Marlene was talking about it earlier, I was actually doing it and it felt so wonderful to be held. So just hold it onto your head now. And we're going to inhale and I'll, I'll count you so that you do this all to the count of my, of my voice. So closing down the eyes, inhaling for one, two, three, four. Hold the breath, two, three, four. Exhale, two, three, four. Hold the breath out, two, three, four. So we're going to move on to the next posture now. And the next posture, we're having one hand on the forehead, one hand on the back of the head. And again, applying some, some pressure so you can really feel held. Closing down the eyes. Inhaling for one, two, three, four. Hold the breath, two, three, four. Exhale, two, three, four. Hold the breath out, two, three, four. Lovely. So now we're gonna keep the hand on the forehead and move the other hand to your heart. So on your chest, on your torso, covering the heart center. And again, let's inhale, two, three, four. Hold the breath, two, three, four. Exhale, two, three, four. Hold the breath out, two, three, four. Good, ladies. Next thing, we're going to move the hand on the forehead onto our abdomen. Again, closing down the eyes. Pressing in, inhale, two, three, four. Hold the breath, two, three, four. Exhale, two, three, four. Hold the breath out, two, three, four. Lovely. And finally, we are going to keep the hand on the abdomen, and I believe that's the hand on the back, back, yes, on the back of the head. 
So again, closing down the eyes, inhaling, two, three, four. Hold the breath, two, three, four. Exhale, two, three, four. Hold the breath out, two, three, four. Just keeping your eyes closed, just bringing both hands to rest on your thighs and just taking a couple of seconds just to reconnect with your breath. And taking a big collective inhale together and exhaling loudly through the mouth. Brilliant. Lovely. So thank you, Marlene, for such a wonderful um, com uh, self-compassion hold. I absolutely love it. So I'm really glad that we were able to use the pranayama exercise to go with that. So this exercise is a way of connecting to your body, but it's also calming to your nervous system. And more importantly, certainly for women going through the menopause, it decreases stress in your body. So this is really something practical that you can use if you're ever feeling stressed. Just take some time away, find a quiet spot and you can do this for yourself. Okay, so as Joan mentioned, I'm a practicing Hatha, Vinyasa and Kundalini yoga teacher. I'm also a writer and an editor and founder of Ife Yoga. I've practiced yoga for more than 20 years and have been teaching for the last seven. But also on top of all of this, I'm a qualified menopause yoga instructor. I'm also a mum of one beautiful adult daughter and I'm 52 and am myself in perimenopause. I'm still having periods, although last year, like literally everything else in our world, my periods went completely haywire. I had three, one in February, one in August and the last one in November. I had no premenstrual tension before any of them. Then other times had really bad PMS followed by no period. I bled heavily for two weeks on one and only lightly for four days on another. I had random spotting and each time the next period came, I assumed it was my last, but no such luck. <laughs> I think quite a few of us probably recognize that feeling. But if I think about my symptoms, like so many of us, um, they literally snuck up on me. And it's only literally in hindsight and with the knowledge gained through my study of menopause yoga that I realized my first symptoms came on as way back, I would say, as about three, four, even five years ago. And um, I think it was Abby that talked about brain fog. And this was the biggest thing that I had. It was brain fog and also forgetfulness. I mean, one day I actually found my car keys in my fridge. That's how crazy things have become. Um, and also why I've kind of had to make copious notes for this presentation because I just forget so many things. Um, but for me last year, I guess, was when things really began to kick in and whether it was because what was, you know, we were kind of surrounded by all this crazy stuff going on in the world, I don't know. But last year for me was all about hot flushes and night sweats. And although I come from a family of seven children, six of them are boys. So there was no older sister to kind of share experiences with. And although mum, like so many of our mums, had gone through a hysterectomy, 
because she didn't experience hot flushes. She believed she didn't have any menopausal symptoms. Uh, Kandake, I think, mentioned over 30 symptoms of the menopause, and she's right. It's actually 34 symptoms, um, and it might even be more now, that have been actually recognised by doctors. And it's everything from heart palpitations to insomnia, headaches to joint stiffness. I won't go into the whole list because um, so many of the speakers who've already spoken have talked brilliantly about lots of the symptoms. But back then, you know, if we think about our parents, our mother's kind of era, they didn't know about these symptoms. So how could they share with us symptoms that they didn't recognize they were having? So why do I talk about my experience? Because in menopause yoga, workshops and classes, one of the most important parts of our sessions is in talking and sharing our experiences. This is what's so wonderful about what Joan's doing in giving uh, people a platform to actually just talk and hear about menopause, um, our experiences of menopause and how we can help ourselves. So what is menopause yoga? It's a practice that takes inspiration from a number of yoga forms so Hatha, yoga, vinyasa, yin, restorative, and kundalini. And I'm sure there's lots of, I think I did notice there was a yoga teacher in the chat earlier. So you're probably all aware of one or more of those types of yoga. But menopause yoga is also informed by both Ayurvedic and Chinese medicine, as well as sound therapy and cognitive behavioral therapy. So we talk about lots of the areas that have been covered today. We talk about nutrition. We talk about kind of um, uh, uh, how we create the right kind of group around us. And one of the things that I loved that Carol talked about was that question we ask ourselves, whose eyes are you looking into? You know, are we surrounded by sheep or are we surrounded by lions? And I think I like to think of the menopause yoga uh, sessions as being surrounded by lions, you know, you're kind of all there experiencing the same thing together, supporting each other. So all of these elements I've mentioned, they all meet to form a really unique practice, which is specifically designed to help perimenopausal, menopausal and postmenopausal women. Because in each stage of the menopause, there are different things going on with your body. So in a menopause yoga class or workshop, you'll take part in the physical practice of yoga, but also in things like journaling exercises, meditations and guided visualizations. I also share information about support, both medical and alternative. So it's not just one or the other, but it's giving you as much information about all areas so that you can make informed decisions. But none of this it's really important to say is about treating you because we're not sick. We're really, really not sick. And I think Carol talked about this. In fact, in some Eastern cultures, the menopause is actually referred to as your second spring. You know, your first spring was coming into, you know, through puberty and being a young woman. And actually Eastern cultures believe that this is kind of the beginning of your second spring. So it's definitely something to be celebrated. It's not something to be scared of or feel fear about. It's just we are going through this transition. It is really sim uh, uh, similar if you think about it when you went through the puberty. It's all hormonal. And at the puberty, it was a big life change. It was a big transition from being a child to becoming a woman. And then we had the transitions, which again, 
you know, fueled by hormones of becoming a, a woman and, and, and for, some, for some of us coming into womanhood and, um, sorry, motherhood. And so this is just another one of these transitions, you know, led by our hormones. And of course, we know, as, as some of the speakers have talked about, it's, it's, it's this kind of balance between estrogen and progesterone. And as the estrogen, um, as, as the estrogen levels begin to decrease, this is what causes a lot of our symptoms. So also in our uh, menopause yoga workshops and classes, we have the women's circle. And this is the women's circle that, which, which will allow you to be in the company of women at the same life stage as you. And we, should, we share support and acknowledge what we're all experiencing. We name our symptoms and we just talk. And we bring menopause out of the shadows and into the light. So how specifically does menopause yoga help? Well, if we look at a few of the symptoms, what I'm gonna do now is just give you some examples of how menopause yoga specifically can help with some of those symptoms. So the biggie, the one we've talked a lot about today and actually you know, is my big thing at the moment, hence my fan comes everywhere with me, are the hot flushes and night sweats. Now, some relief can be offered by practicing certain types of pranayama or breath work. And I'm gonna share a particular breath work at the end of my talk that you can use to cool your body. And if you have a straw, you might wanna grab a straw, but it's absolutely not necessary. I'll show you some alternatives to that as well. Secondly, menorrhage. You might not have heard of menorrhage, but we talk about menorrhage in the menopause yoga community. And menorrhage are the feelings of irritability and anger that can come up. I mean, I've experienced this where literally I've, I've just become really irritable for no reason. So again, certain types of breath work can really ease irritability and anger. Certainly the first breath work that we did, the four part breath, that is another breath that can really calm irritability and anger. But also some other meditative practices that we do, but also journaling, brilliant for helping with the um, uh, management of menorrhage. The third symptom, bone density. And we've also had someone talk about that today. You know, this, this, the fact that we're losing estrogen and it's affecting our bones and certainly women in postmenopause, this can become a real problem. One of the biggest um, problems with postmenopausal women are hip fractures. And this is a direct result of the thinning of the bones and, and you know, osteoporosis and these kinds of things. So in menopause yoga, because you do a physical yoga practice, exercises that are weight bearing, such as downward dog or plank or some of the warrior poses, all really, really good for building bone density. Number four, poor memory and an inability to concentrate. Well, for this, there is a powerful meditation. It's called Kirtan Kriya, and it has its origins in Kundalini yoga and has been proven really beneficial for brain functioning in numerous studies. I mean, it's been studied in a number of universities. And in one study, which was carried out at the University of California, 
it was shown to significantly improve executive functioning. Now, executive functioning is the part of the brain that helps us focus, follow directions, and handles our emotions. And in another study published in the Journal of Alzheimer's Disease, it was found to improve both memory and mood. Number five, stiff or sore joints. Well, we know that yoga increases flexibility and also strengthens joints. And the restorative and yin yoga forms where you hold postures for much longer periods with the help of bolsters and blocks and other kind of support tools. All of these things allow the body to release deep tension. And when we're releasing that deep tension, we're also releasing stress. Again, really important for us as menopausal women. Number six, fatigue. I don't know how many of you have felt really fatigued and it's almost kind of inexplainable. We don't actually understand why we're feeling so fatigued. So fatigued. But again, it's this decrease in estrogen. Regular practice of yoga has been uh, shown to help you feel much more energized. And this is where cultivating a regular personal practice can help in the long term. So some people ask if simply practicing just regular yoga will help. And my answer to that would be all yoga is beneficial to the endocrine system. And the endocrine system is our internal system that is responsible for regulating our hormones. Every single form of yoga is really good at regulating the endocrine system and bringing it into balance. But menopause yoga is more than just a physical practice of postures. It's a collection of techniques that are designed specifically for the unique symptoms and experiences of perimenopausal, menopausal and postmenopausal women. And so in the practice of menopausal yoga, in each of them, there'll be slightly different postures and practices that we do. So as promised, and so that we don't kind of, I don't go on for too long, I want to end with a second and final breathwork exercise. And this breathwork is called the Sitali breath. And it's a way that you can use your own breath to help you cool your body. And it's something you can try the next time you feel the rush of a hot flush. So Sitali breath, again, as with all breath work, you want to make sure that you start with a nice straight spine, and again, making sure that your chin is parallel to the floor. Now, Sitali breath is, uh, it, we actually need to be able to do something. And the population is split into two. What you need to be able to do is you need to be able to roll your tongue. So that, just like this. There are some people who are really good at rolling their tongue and there are others, it's physiological. I don't know why I can't explain it. Some people that can't. So for those of you who can't roll your tongue like this, you can either make your mouth into a really small O or you can clench your teeth instead. And the idea is that what you do, whichever one of those that you use, um, you suck the air through the through the, the kind of opening that you've made. This is why I've got the straw as well. So if you have a straw, um, 
you can also use a straw. So rather than kind of making that small O with your mouth, you can use a straw instead. And what you do is you suck the air in. And as you suck the air in through that small space, you'll feel a cooling going down to your body. So I'll just demonstrate how you do this. So you roll your tongue, then you tip your head up and you suck the air in and it will come straight down into your lungs. So it'll look like this. Close your mouth, come back to forwards and exhale through the nose. So if you're using the roll tongue, that's the one that you'll use. You can also make that small O, so you'll do this. So again, the exhale is always through the nose. You can use a straw. Or you can clench your teeth and suck the air in through the sides of the mouth. So those are the four different ways we're going to do that. So choose one of those, whichever one is comfortable to you. And I'm just gonna lead you through, again, we'll do four rounds this time of our Sitali breath to cool the body. Okay, so make your mouth into whichever shape that you need and tip your head up so your throat is nice and straight. Suck the breath in as much as you can. Close the mouth, come back forwards, exhale through the nose. Let's go again. Raise the head up, inhale through the mouth. Close the mouth, look forwards. Exhale through the nose. Again, look up. Inhale through the mouth. Close the mouth. Come back to center. Exhale through the nose. Last time, look up. Inhale through the mouth. Close the mouth, look forwards, exhale through the nose. So you should feel a cooling on the inside of your body. And if you can feel that, just let me know in the chat that you can kind of feel that difference. Yes, and actually, yes, thank you, Special K. You can feel a bit dizzy. And if you do feel dizzy, just bring your head and so that you're looking forwards and just do long, deep breathing. And that will alleviate some of that dizziness that can come from doing this. And sometimes it's, it, dizziness can come when you're not used to, to some of these practices. Pranayamas, breath meditations are really, really powerful meditations. So they can cause some dizziness. Also, 
some of them are um, because what we're doing is we're not expelling enough of our um, uh, the, the, the kind of air we expel normally when we when we breathe. And that can be an awesome thing. So I have got um, very, very quickly just a slide which kind of directs you to my um, my kind of details, which I'll just quickly share with you. And if anyone is interested, um, I am running some Kundalini yoga workshops. Um, I'm doing one a month. Uh, the first quarter of the year, they're all online. So the one in January is for perimenopause. The one in February is for menopause. And the one in March is for postmenopause. Um, all of my details are on the screen. Um, I've got an Instagram. If you're interested, you can uh, email me uh, on teachkundalini at gmail.com. Um, and I should have said that here are the dates of those. And uh, let me just do that. Clearly not very good at this. Uh, here we go. So upcoming menopause yoga workshops. Each workshop is three hours. They run from one to four in the afternoon. And these are the dates um, of those workshops, if any of you are interested. Um, so thank you. That is the end of my practice and my presentation for today. Um, I hope you've enjoyed those exercises and you can take those uh, and use them to help you with any of your symptoms. Thank you. Let me just stop sharing. Thank you very much. Wow. I love the breath work. I felt, I actually felt a lot cooler and it does give you that calming relaxation effect absolutely beautiful thank yeah. you so much I, I always say go back to the breath one of the things that I find the most fascinating about yoga practice is the breath and how powerful it is yeah. for us and how we can take control of how we feel in our own health absolutely absolutely beautiful thank you so much my queen wonderful thank you wonderful now folks it's over to you to some degree. If you've got any questions, please post them into the chat. Um, put your hand, well, put your hand up. You can ask a question to any of our presenters, but they have been absolutely wonderful. And I am going to assume you've taken, you know, guess you've taken loads and loads and loads of notes. So like I've said consistently throughout the Zoom, there are a number of different pathways that you can go down in regards to managing your menopausal symptoms, whether it's essential oils, yoga, reinventing yourself, you know, the psychotherapy route with Marlene, there's lots you can do. Miss Carol, you're tired girl. <laughs> oh, they're so mute. I tell you what it was. It's because I woke up with that thing about the blue and the purple. So that woke me up about five o'clock, even earlier, and I went to bed at two. And so, sorry, my dear, but I thoroughly enjoyed it. Obviously, clearly, I'm very, very awake to it. So, beg your pardon. <laughs> so, please put your hand up in the chat. I don't know if my co-host, if she's taken any notes of the questions that have been posted into the chat i don't know if you're there nadia are you with us is there anything you want to raise yeah I've, I'm, I'm just looking at the chat now Hello, uh, how are you uh, much better um yes yeah, still still need to um recoup yes um 
wonderful to have you on the platform as always. I have yeah. two I couldn't do all this on mine. I have a fantastic co-host. Nadia is phenomenal. Yeah. And she runs an organization called the Black Health Group. So soon we're going to be collaborating and we'll do something together. But she runs a series of programs um, which has really come out of, a, a, of a, her own health issues. So, um. I think the main thing from from this is um, uh, recommendation for sleepless nights is one of uh, the questions here. Right, so um, who would like to answer that recommendation for sleepless nights? Darkie, are you around? Abby, would you like to take that? I don't know where Kandaki is. Okay. Right, let me unmute, see if I can unmute, ask oh, to unmute, let me unmute you. Right, Abby? Hi, Hi yes. Um, so sleepless nights is a big one for us, isn't it? And I would recommend, um, and you'd have all heard of this oil, lavender essential oil is absolutely incredible for um, sleepless nights. Um, if you're somebody that's what we would call an an intermittent insomniac so if you go to sleep and then wake up and then you can't get back to sleep you can put lavender under the soles of your feet um, they'll work your way through the body and within 20 minutes you'll start to feel a release of kind of those cortisol levels and it will calm you down or you can put it in your diffuser which is also wonderful if you've been struggling with not sleeping for maybe more than like a, um, 18 months or so lavender might not be strong enough there is another oil called vetiver vetiver is actually from haiti it's a root oil and the root of it is kind of almost like it it represents that of a brain because plant is amazing at representing parts of the body now vetiver is a natural sedative it's very very thick it's very visceral you don't need much of this but literally probably one drop of vetiver yeah underneath the soles of your feet or breathe it in, it really helps you to relax. You get a good night's sleep and you don't wake up feeling groggy either. So I would say um, those would be oils. Keep the room darked out. People have mentioned, keep your phone away from you. Anything that's gonna be a distraction because your phone is the same light as if it's 12 o'clock in the day. So any kind of device, you need to keep that away to allow your sleep to be unaffected. Um, and that would be, yeah, my recommendation. What about nightwear? You know, what would be best to add to that? Um, so in terms of nightwear, cotton, Egyptian cotton sheets are the best. They are a little bit more pricey. Um, all of my bedding is Egyptian cotton. It feels like silk on the skin. And it is just, it has this, because the air can get through the threads, yeah? you just feel this constant kind of cooling. So it's, I would say definitely Egyptian cotton. Um, if you're somebody that wears something to bed, make sure that it's not a synthetic material because that synthetic material does not allow your body to breathe. And what will happen is you will sweat even more. So anything that you're wearing, you know, silks, pure cotton, Egyptian cotton, I find to be the best. Some of the others might say something different. Um, but they are absolutely wonderful. So yeah, bedding's really important and what you're wearing on the body to allow it to breathe. Oh, excellent. That, that's... Could I just add to that actually? Um, 
there's another breath meditation you can tell I'm really passionate about breath right so there's another breath meditation that you can do so if you're lying in bed and you're you've you've kind of woken up lie on your right side and um, it's really important that you can kind of cover your right nostril okay and what you want to do is breathe in nice and slowly through the left nostril and exhale through the left nostril and what this is doing and you just literally just nice rhythmic breathing just through that one nostril so if you can lie in a way where the pillows kind of closing off that nostril fine if not then put your thumb there and actually close it off and what this does is it connects you to the parasympathetic side of your brain which is the kind of pause uh, the break the thing that slows you down um, and if you can if you can do that it actually can soothe you back to sleep so it's, it's definitely something to try excellent and no, that's really good um, I think that's kind of the main most people are really uh, requesting that they be sent uh, the purple list um, is, is, is uh, the main thing um, that we're getting here as a feedback so that response is what's going to be needed um, individually so we've got quite a lot of people making those requests. Um, yeah, this it seems. Yeah, I'm on the We've covered we've covered most things there. That, that's love that asking. Could I just add to the um the, the sleep thing as well? And I actually want to kind of have a conversation with Abby. So Abby, my experience is just we layer things as well. So what do you think of Valerian? Because you know, this is the thing that I recommend to people, Valerian, which is I don't know if you've heard about it, Valerian, which is a kind of another. So what's your experience? What's your have you had personal experience of that? Valerian's also very good. Yeah, it's a really good herb as well. Um, it's another one that helps to reduce. It's a natural anti-stressor for the body. Um, so just in terms of calming and getting you into that really nice calm state, Valerian is a great um, a great plant for allowing that to happen. Absolutely. Yeah, brilliant. Because I just think for me, it's, it's about layering. It's a bit like, you know, when you wear, you get your perfume set. So you have your bath oils, or your shower gel rather, then you have your cream and then you put on your perfume and then people go, oh my gosh, you smell gorgeous. It's like coming out of your pores, right? And I think yeah. it's the same thing when it comes to the herbal stuff and the essential oils. And in fact, essential oils, people don't very often don't just have one unless it's like a quick hit like here in your brain with peppermint, but you tend to layer it because the body doesn't receive yes. you. You have any natural thing like orange or anything, you're not just getting one nutrient from it, you get, you get a whole host. So Absolutely. we tend to just try one we think, oh, it's not working. Well, no, actually, you know, try to put the lavender with the vetiver oil, if you know, especially if you've not been sleeping for years, and then try the valerian on top of it and then do it for a number of months. I mean, they will have a hit in the body, but again, the body builds up. Um, I think I'm a great believer in the kind of the layering of it, which is why I talk about the pack of information because, you know, like you have to have the foundational health. So we're talking about the good thing in terms of your eating, in terms of your water. I know for a fact, for example, folks, that when I have not had my water for the day, I can't sleep a bit. I mean, my engine is so hot. I don't sweat, but I'm so, so hot so that I'm not going to sleep. So that it's like my body's going, listen, I told you, if I tell you again, <laughs> the parent the body is saying to you make sure you have your water so it's like okay then so it just shows me how abusive i am by the way to my body because i know this 
I have sleepless nights because of not because of anything else, because of my water. And so why would I do that to myself? You see how hardy as I am. <laughs> and I think that's what happens is a lot of us are because we've had tens of years of being badass. You know, we do we live our life in a particular way. And we're really hard to actually relearn those lessons. So when we're conscious, well, yes, 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 I've had my eight glass of water and it's filtered, it was nice and so forth. It was room temperature because I'm managing my body. But then we don't run on consciousness all the time. We actually operate an automatic pilot. In fact, 95% of the time, according to various studies, we run automatic pilot. So we've been badly behaved 95% of the time. So for me, it's the water that bugs my sleep. But then the other thing is what I was just thinking is bamboo-based clothes. Somebody mentioned linen and hemp. I think the bamboo's coming out the top in terms of moisture wicking, as it were, soaking up the moisture. And also bed linen. I, I love Egyptian cotton. Um, and I never realized it was so smooth until years ago. I actually finally decided, no, I'm having my Egyptian cotton now. Um, but actually, so you can have moisture wicking bed clothes as well. So you can have it for your, you know, your, under, your sheet, your clothes, everything. So you're not sitting in the water, you're not sitting this at all. Um, and that's it's worth trying a whole range of different things. And I can send people some information about those different things. There's a whole range of different things that you can have. Calling pads for the neck to cool you down quickly. So not just the pad. You can have, there's just a whole whole room of paraphernalia that we're not even familiar with that can help us. So I'll let you know, guys, as well. What, what, about, what about hair thinning? So there's a couple of questions about, you know, the, the hair thinning. Yeah, um, that is a big one actually, because the hair thinning. I don't know about the other guys, and I'm leave it to the to the central oils person and and the, and um, Kandeki. But just from my point of view, is it is is very much about it is about the good health overall. There aren't that many. There aren't from what I've researched so far. There's nothing that I thought. Yes, that's the one thing. There are there is a Chinese herbal one, um, which I'm not very familiar with. And maybe you guys can talk about that a bit more. But um, yeah, no, no, it's not coming to mind. And I haven't got this in regards to the hair thinning, my darling. What can you take for hair thinnings? One of the questions. Any help with hair, hair thinning or loss, please? Um, I've unmuted you. I've unmuted you. What's happened? Ask to unmute. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what to hear you? Oh, Jamaican yeah. castor oil is still good. Um, the Jamaican castor oil, because again, mm. that's natural, um, and it's excellent for it thickens the hair. Um, but again, with hair thinning, sometimes you do need to see a specialist if it, you know, if it really gets that bad. You do need to perhaps go and see a specialist about it. And there are some specialists that. Um, will actually specialise in black hair as well, black hair thinning. Well, we've got the Queen's Black Hair Rocks coming up in a couple of weeks, yeah. and we're going to have a hair trichologist on there. He will go into the science. Yeah. Hair, yeah. Our hair. Certainly, the, with, the, um, with the hair thinning, that um, for there are some practical things, like the pulling up of your hair, the perming, sorry, the reality of that, putting on all those um, extra glues and things like that, it weakens your hair. So those are some practical realities that they do weaken your hair. 
Um, and also, as you know, and the trichologists will explain that a lot more, how the fact that stress does cause, because your hair is one of those faster regenerating, um, the, the cells are the faster regenerating cells. And when you're stressed, it's those cells that get affected, hence why you will tend to have um, hair thinning, hair falling out when you're stressed. Diet is also a key issue around health. So uh, uh, hair, and I know you've seen a lot of women in clinic, they do come and say, oh, you, you know, what can you do about my hair? But for each woman, it's, it's, it's different. There's some women who have managed to do uh, stimulants, even like the rosemary, the, um, the castor oil, um, like uh, the sister said, some women, it helps but it depends on what was the cause of, you know, the hair thinning. The other thing that I want to say really briefly around the sleep is that although valerian is mentioned, that is a great one. There is also one like passiflora, which is a really another, uh, the heavier sedative herbs, but they are a good herbs to use. So you're talking about like mm, three to five mils of these herbs. And there's another one, which is, hops um and it's the one they actually use to make beer and these are herbs that you can actually find growing people will have like passiflora growing in their garden it's a really beautiful flower and they don't even realize there's a herb that you can use um to sleep and i'm really about growing herbs and having those things around you so those are also ones that you can use and preparing for sleep so preparing for rest that's a whole another thing in itself but back to the thinning it depends on the individual, but yes, um, you've got to look at what you've been doing that has caused the hair to break, also stress. But yes, there are um, certain things like the castor oil. Rosemary is stimulative. Lavender, those kind of things can help to stimulate the hair. So you could look at those things as well. Mm. And can, I, can I just quickly add, it was a comment that somebody made that um, they went to see a, a hair specialist and the treatment was £2,000. So again, take caution because there's going to be a lot. When you're in need, then we'll go through the internet and we'll, you know, because we want a, a quick fix. Take caution because there are lots of sharks out there who will promise you these fantastic results and all they want is your money. Mm. So be very, very careful and take caution, you know, because don't, don't be tricked, let's say, because when we're stressed, when we feel vulnerable, people will take advantage of us. So then that's where, again, speak. Speak amongst your trusted circles or the trusted groups before you then go and press that send button and, you know, you're just paying your money for things that may not work for you. Okay. So that's so important to say. Excellent. Um, a, 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 couple of, a couple of things have come up about swollen feet. Um, uh, are they any like essential oils and food? they should be um, considering? Um, yeah, so I'll answer, I was gonna answer the hair one, but I'll come on to this. So swollen feet, uh, um, holding water, edema. So a wonderful essential oil for um, swelling is called cypress. Um, cypress has um, a great effect on the body in that it helps to reduce if you're carrying excess water it's not one that you would take internally, it's one that you would actually rub under the soles of your feet, or you can mix it with a, a carrier oil, so a good carrier oil, something like almond oil or jojoba oil, or a shea butter, 
um, a, a good shea butter and just literally almost massage it in and around your feet and around the tops of your ankles as well. Um, when you've got a pure essential oil, such as the ones I'm talking about, they only stay in the body for up to two hours. Yeah. So this is something you can do frequently and ongoing throughout the day. Definitely, definitely do it before you go to bed, because as we've heard from all the other amazing speakers, that is when your body is in healing mode. So that is when you want to make sure that you kind of give it the best attention. Um, hopefully that's answered your question. And I'd say as well, um, with the swollen feet, it's important to, again, know what has caused it. Because um, sometimes, for example, in early heart failure, you can get edema. And so you, you also need to just check that there isn't anything else going on in the body. And I have to say that because that's I'm clinically trained. So I have to look at those things. When someone comes in, I look at, well, what could possibly else going on? So, you know, but yes, then you're, you're looking at to circulation. Yeah, so the health is key. And then, yes, circulation. Um, yeah. Anything else, Nadia? I think that's, that's covered quite a lot. Um, Wonderful. Yeah, uh, you know, the, the, we've, yep, yeah, yeah we're, we've, we've covered quite a lot of the questions that are here. So I don't know if you want to open up the floor and have individuals. Oh, yes, let's open up the floor. Mm. And what I will say, um, presenters, please post your contact details into the chat. So I think a lot of people wanted, you, wanted the, the list from you, Carol, so they can contact you directly. So if you put your email address, et cetera, into the chat, so if they can look out for that, I'll just unmute you. Unmute. Yeah, keep muting me. Um, yeah, oh, so but, people, yeah. I can see lots of people's email details anyway. And um, if I don't have their names, they can go through you as well. But yeah, I can put the de details afterwards, yeah. yeah. Please. Which yeah, is my name. fantastic. Yeah. Right, so who's the first person on the platform? Sonia, Sonia's iPad. You can say who you are and where you're coming in from. It'd be nice to see you as opposed to talking to a blank screen. Mm -hmm. So Sonia, are you going to ask a question? Are you there, Queen? Okay, no hanging around. Christine, you've had your hand up for quite a while. So if you say where you're coming in from, would you like to ask your question? No? The platform is open. Would anybody like to ask? Oh. If anybody would like to ask a question, Hello. please put your oh, hand. Hi, hi, Joan. Hold on, one at a time, one at a time. I don't know what happened. So hi, Sonia was first. Hi. Oh, good morning, everybody. I couldn't unmute myself, so sorry about that. Yeah. Um, I'd just like to say thank you to all the guest presenters. Absolutely fantastic. I've taken screenshots of every single one of you. But my question this morning is, does men suffer with menopause? Right. So let's, who wants to go for that? Let's, let's unmute. I'm going to unmute the presenters. As opposed to you should have I would say men definitely go through menopause. Obviously, their symptoms are different to our symptoms. Um, myself, my, myself and my husband, we just there's a year between us, um, and we're both sixty. 
and um, we're both going through menopause at the same time. So there's times when we love each other and there's times when we want to kill each other. So um, they go through mood swings as well. They go through anxiousness um, and anxiety. Um, they have problems, you know, with their prostrates or, or, or the down below areas you know, where, where they sometimes, you know, they don't want to talk about. And personally, I think it's actually harder for men because unlike us, there's lots of groups that women, we can turn to, we can turn to our friends, we talk a lot. We have the Queens, we have the Live Stars group. There's very few groups for men where they can come and talk about all the things that they feel embarrassed about. So a lot of them suffer in silence or they go off and there's actually quite a, you know, there's quite a, a, a large number, let's say, of men who actually commit suicide because of, su because of you know, the change. So and male menopause isn't talked about that much. So we, even though some of us may think that female menopause isn't talked about enough, well, we're actually fortunate because when do we hear about it? Hence that question, do men actually go through menopause? Yes, they do, very much so. Um, that's when you get those older men going for young, you know, their virility is questioned or they question it themselves, all sorts of things happen to men. Um, but they may, as I said, they haven't got as much support and they don't talk to each other about it. We will talk about our intimate, most intimate things to our girlfriends, our sisters, our fellow queens. Another man isn't gonna say he's having problems getting it up or whatever. So, um, Unfortunately, a lot of men suffer in silence, but they definitely have menopause. Right, who else would like to jump in? Yeah, here? could I jump in actually, Joan? Mm. Um, so it's called the andropause. So it yeah. is actually a mm. medical thing, you know, I mean, they are, men are ruled by hormones in the same way that women are ruled by hormones. And of course we know one of the big hormones with men is testosterone. Um, so there is actually a whole another school of yoga, which is just a hormonal yoga. Um, and it's, uh, it's, a, it's a system that has been developed by a Brazilian woman. Her name is um, Dina Rodriguez, I believe. And she does kind of trainings all over the world, but she does have specific yoga for andropause, which is for men. Um, but also um, in terms of men speaking, you know, it's, it's, you know, we do have this problem, don't we, in society, men are supposed to be strong, they're supposed to not show their emotions, they're not supposed to talk about things. But there is also um, someone I've done some work with in the past who's called the Man Whisperer. And he, um, what he does is he runs men's groups, and it's, it's spaces for men to, um, to talk, and it's just among men. Um, the good thing about, um, his name's Kenny, Kenny Marmarilla Cruz. He, um, he actually teaches, he, he has like a package of um, uh, ways that men can set up their own talking groups. And I think that as black men, we need more of these kinds of groups for so many reasons, for mental health reasons, the high rates of suicide, all these things. And so he's got this package and I, I believe he kind of just shares it out. Each, you know, it's not anything that people have to pay for, but it's, it specifically tells people how to set up a men's group, a men's talking group. And I think the more of those that we have, the better I think, I think we'll be. Thank you. Anybody else want to jump in there? Oh, Abby, yes. I'm just gonna quickly add because um... Marlene and Patsy have really covered it all but what I wanted to add is um, my I'm 54 my husband's a year younger than me 
and um, we talk all the time about menopause and andropause. And, you know, my husband will say, um, well, actually he won't say, because he won't admit when he forgets things, but I remind him he's having an andropause moment. And we've kind of made it into a bit of a joke in the house. But what I have been able to do over lockdown when we've been speaking kind of on the phone, because you're right, men don't talk about this. Um, it's when a man feels that his testosterone levels are slowing down and are reducing, that's a massive thing for him because that's kind of been the lifeblood of, of who he has been for so many years. And to admit that out loud is they find it embarrassing um, and challenging. So it's something that's kept, you know, close to heart, but we have these conversations. So what I've started to do with, um, when I'm speaking with my husband's friends or bit, kind of on Zoom meetings, etc. I drop in as a joke about the andropause. But what's really interesting is when I start to talk about some of the symptoms, um, they're listening and they're not really kind of saying much. And then they say, well, so, so what kind of things happen then? Because even though it's not happening to me, I'm just interested to know. So they won't actually say, but I really know, because I know their age, right? I know it's happening to them, but I do it in a kind of jokey way. And because I want them to actually take the information and know they're not alone and know that men do go through this. So they're not going crazy here, Joan. Men, we ain't crazy. There's another one for you, a whole different topic. But anyway, they know they're not because it's a massive thing. Like Marlene said, they suffer in silence because they don't talk about these things and they don't understand what is happening to them. So they go off and do all these things, like you said, oh, maybe I need a new car or maybe I need to get a younger mom. Maybe I'm right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do a marathon. They do all these things because they can't yeah. comprehend what's going on with them. But it is to do with the andropause. So I think whatever situations you're in, ladies, brothers, sisters, husbands, partners, bring it to their attention and let them know, albeit different, it's something that they go through as well. And it's wholly natural. Fantastic. Thank you. I think, so very much. I think the whole thing about male andropause, menopause is mythologized, isn't it? Because I mean, the man buying the red sports car, right, you know, or going for the younger model of woman, it's mythologized into male behavior. And that's actually a positive at one level, as well as a negative, because we don't have as women a similar process. I mean, they might talk about a bit of a cougar, but it's not really... It's kind of, well, it's certainly derogatory and more derogatory than they talk about men in their red sports car. But at least they have that mythology and they have that kind of something to hold on to. Um, and I just think that it would be um, quite useful if for those of us women who are going through then and, and the, the menopause and buying bits and pieces, I mean, I've, gone, I've got the purple list years, um, list, um, uh, purple years list rather. Um, there's a list also for men and I think if you're going to buy your stuff, stuff for yourself well then buy his stuff you know it starts off well here's your vitamin d because he can accept that right and then here's a bit of vitamin d because it's good for you and whatever it's good for your skin and whatever you can accept that you know and then you buy him something completely different like in you buy him a nice a new shaving cream and then you have nice moisture stuff that you'd buy around andropause so you food and other things you can feed gently the things that he needs as well under the heading of health under the heading of actually do you know what this is our plan now for the next phase of our life we've got to have the energy you know none of us the skin sagging none of us are getting strong so we, it's about getting strong so the language he wants to hear is strong man up soldier up 
you know, was to hear all that kind of very macho language to justify why you're giving him all the stuff. It's not from a position of weakness, it's from a position of what he's got to do, where he's going with his life, and you're both going there together. I think that is a personal story begin to kind of factor in as well as being practical. So I, I can kind of let people have that list as well. Thank you. Thank you. Wonderful. Right, yoga. That yoga YV. You've had your hand up for a little while. Would you like to, I would, would you want to put your camera on so we can see who you are? That'd be great. Um, say who you are and where you're calling in from. Oh, good morning, everybody. I'm just in London, chilling out. Hope you're all well. Um, thank you very much. I've really enjoyed this uh, information share. It's really wonderful. Uh, my question was slightly aside to what we're doing today, but it is kind of linked because um, um, during the lockdown, I had lots of um, stomach upsets. And I wondered if there was some sort of holistic ways in which to um, address that. I, I wondered whether that's also to do with um, menopause, um, to do with um, the women's hormonal cycle. Um, yeah, that was my question. Okay, who would like to take that? Ndaki, yeah. one for you? Yeah, yeah I can. Yeah. Um, again, it's always dependent on what uh, is going on for that individual. It could be, it could be uh, changes that you're going through, uh, foods that before your gut may have been assimilating quite well, there may not, it may not be assimilating so well, but that also could be due to stress because the gut is known as you know the second brain um so things that are, uh, are affecting you personally they can affect the digestive system now it depends what's happening in your digestive system but um it could be constipation it could be diarrhea it could be things like ibs it could be many different things happening there so i would just say well i don't know if you want to say generally what it is or i can just give you just a general overview um Okay, so let me give you the overview. So you can use things like nervines uh, because your digestive system is affected by your nervous system. It also is affected by your circulatory system. They all feed off each other. All those systems feed off each other. So you may wanna look at a nervine. Now, we mentioned valerian to sleep, but a valerian in lower dosages can be used to just relax your system like the chamomile. If, it's, if you're finding like it's more inflammatory, things like salix alba, uh, which is known as white willow bark, uh, spasms, that kind of inflammation, it will help. That's, uh, that's actually the herb that's used to make aspirin. So another one called Philippendula almaria, it helps to relax the digestive system and it helps to stop the spasming so but it actually depends on what is happening in the digestive system because many things can be happening so I would go for things like nervines and relaxants just to cool everything down and then obviously if you need to pass you know fecal matter out then of course you're talking about your senna or your psyllium seeds psylliums are seeds are things that you can have in your diet and they're, they're like a bulking laxative. So it's not the stimulative like the sceneries. They're more bulking. So they're another form of laxative that just helps to gently move the gut, stimulate what we call peristaltic movement, stimulate the gut and move through. Okay, thank you. Marlene, I've just seen a message from you that you have to go now. Yes, I've got to go now, Queens. 
So um, keep yourself safe, stay warm, stay blessed, wash your hands and all of those things, but start being, start getting your creative juices rolling, you know, go with the flow. Some of us have lost our flow. We don't longer see monthly flows. That's okay. You know, we're now gonna see creative flows. So much love, enough love, as I always say to Joan for the, the, the queen mother, I call her, for her creativity in lockdown. That's why we're all here. She's an absolute example of how we can be creative. Yeah, don't get too stressed. Sleepless nights, think about what you're thinking about as well because it is your mindset. So tune into your spirituality, your, you know, we're just not flesh and bones. There's much more to us than that. But again, thank you for your time and for listening to me and my Lily. And hopefully I'll see you all again soon. So thank bye you, for now. Bye-bye. Oh, right, there aren't any thank more questions. We're going to start saying our goodbyes now. So who wants to say goodbye next? Abby? Final wow, what, a, what an absolute session. Um, Joan, as always, you're an absolute star for organising these at such short notice and just getting on and making it happen. That's what I love about you. Joan is aka Make It Happen. Um, I'd just like to say wonderful connecting with you all today. Um, my details are in there, so please feel free to reach out to me. And I'd just like to echo that for me and people that are on here that work with me already, you know this is about our freedom phase. And freedom looks like whatever you want it to look like. 2021 is our year of innovation, creativity and expansion. Whatever those words mean to you, and they will mean something, make them work for you, is what I say. Um, and on that note, have a wonderfully blessed day, blessed week. Keep wearing your bright colours. Doesn't matter how dark it is outside, get your bright colours on. They just lift you. Yeah. I find they do for me anyway. So stay blessed. Love you all, sisters. Take care. And... Um, Speak again soon. Bye-bye now. Thank you, Abby. Carol? Let me, let's ask to unmute. Can you unmute yourself? Okay, hiya. Yes, it's been lovely. Such a pleasure. And, um, you know, we, we're feeling each other spiritually as well because, you know, we feel so comfortable. And, um, and so there's a lot of love in the room. And my prayer this morning is, God, you know, let me show love and let me do some good. So it's been a blessing. And um, yeah, I'll send people the list for the men and also for the men, for those that are interested in it as well. I think there's a body of things we can do. Remember, it's only a small portion. Let's get that right. Let's get less hard ideas about the practical things we know we should be doing. We had brilliant information here, which is like years and years, decades of experience. So let's just suck it up, right? Along with the breath, right? <laughs> and then get on with the kind of being the majestic. So God bless you folks. Thank you so much, Joan. I'll catch you guys on the other side. Yes. Take care then. Fantastic. Bye. Greetings. 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 Yes. Uh, All good uh, things, as they say. All good things. <laughs> To an end, you know, um, but yeah, I, yeah, I'm going to say to you, you know, um, in my work, I know sisters who are out there and I love that my sisters and you're one of them who I have to give ratings to definitely. So give thanks to you, sis. Give thanks to what you've done over a time that has been very challenging for a lot of people. So and give thanks to all the presenters that are here. It was really brilliant. And what I would say 
is that it's going to be off piece a bit, but I'm going to say this anyway, that we need to realize that we are in a period of time that's unlike any other. And it's going to require from us to become the best we can be even better than we are now as the mother. Because if we are at this stage here, no matter what the Western Northern way look at things, we are at the top, we are the elders, we are the queens, and there are the whole society underneath us looking to us for guidance. So we have to see up in our fullness to give the guidance that our children and grandchildren, they're gonna need because the world is changing, make no mistake about that. The world is changing and we are gonna have to draw from that divine energy and our ancestors to move forward. So use the nature, use the nutrition, use the herb, but use that divine intuition that we've been given and use each other what we're doing now to support. Oh, bless you. Thank you. And Patsy, you have the final art to unmute you. Queen Hi. Patsy. Hi, everyone again. So thank you, Joan. Thank you so much for bringing me in on your wonderful platform. Um, I'm just blown away by how amazing everyone's been this morning and, and how much I've learned. My gosh, my notebook is overflowing with some of the tips and advice and information from all of the wonderful speakers. So thank you again for inviting me in. And I just want to reiter reiterate um, some of what Kandake right, said. Um, this is an unprecedented time. And if you are into astrology, we are coming into the Aquarian age. This is a significant time. This is a time of, you know, information overload. You know, there's going to be so much that we're going to have to deal with. So all of these alternative therapies, remedies, we are going to need these so, so much more than ever before. Um, and so being able to share this kind of information on a platform like this with, with, over 200 women is just amazing, Joan. So thank you again for inviting me to come in. Um, I'll be in constantly now that I've, I've found you. So um, I'm looking forward to some of the other events that you're planning. But everyone else, please just have a good day. Be kind to yourself and do some movement and some breath. Yes, and that's what it's about. It's about looking after you, loving you, putting you first like I said at the beginning you know 100% so queens on the platform thank you very much for joining me on this epic journey part two of queens we ain't crazy it's only the menopause and like I said in the beginning you know these symptoms hot flashes with sweating with weight you know wean when you're not supposed to be weaning driver jana all all this stuff that's going on you're not going to win yeah these symptoms are not going to win so presenters please put your details into the chat so if anybody wants to connect with you they can because there are different pathways as i've said before that you can go down to fight this battle win this war yeah talk positivity into your life you know do things that are going to make you happy. Don't stress about things because right now we are not in control. Yeah, we're only in control to a degree. Control to the controller. Making a bit of noise. So 
I want to wish you all a fantastic, awesome, wonderful day. I can tell you what Queen's events we've got coming up. So next week, we're going to have Joe Cash back on the platform. And he's going to be talking about, well, the Queen's, we're going to be doing the Queen's 30-day intermittent fasting. Yeah. So all through the different topics that I've spoken about, diet is key. Yeah. Whether it's menopause, we've talked about, you know, in Queen's Black Hair Rocks, in mental health, whatever factor it is in your life, diet is key. So we're going to be hitting on the 1st of February, this 30-day intermittent fasting. And I'm so excited. I can't wait to get started. Yeah. Because it's all about health. And if you don't have, have health, all these big plans and dreams that you've got planned, it's not going to happen. So if you want to join in on that, please um, message me and I can give you the details about that. But Joe, Joe, he was on our platform last week when I did Queen's Stop Eating the Fridge, which was part two. And, you know, we spoke about, you know, kickstarting that holistic approach to your, your lifestyle, your diet, etc. So he was phenomenal. So I've had so many messages, we're gonna bring him back. And that's what inspired me to do the Queen's 30 day challenge or intermittent fasting. So I'm really looking forward to that. We've got Queen's Black Hair Rocks coming up again with um, Dr. Ingrid Wilson, our hair trichologist. And she's gonna go into the science of how our beautiful black hair she was on the first one and I've had messages again because her presentation was cut short again because of timing. So she's just gonna go into it, yeah. So all those ladies, you know, with the alopecia, different kinds of hair loss, receding hairlines, etc. That is the platform you wanna be hooking up on. Yeah, so please look out for the notification. And that's why I say, follow us on Eventbrite. Yeah, so you'll get the instant notifications come out when we're putting on our future events. We've got a session coming up on fibroids, endometriosis, and polycystic ovaries. So that's going to be, you know, I don't, I don't know why, you know, and if you, I'm really looking forward to that particular um, Zoom session because, I mean, I don't have, but there's a lot of my friends who are suffering with fibroids. And I don't, you know, what is it? Is it through the years of perming? Somebody was saying it was because of the perming. Is it diet again? You know, what is it within our culture why is it so predominant in our women fibroids so that's going to be a really interesting topic we're going to be talking about relationships love sex etc one early one morning so that's going to be kind of hot um we've also got black pound day as well coming up at the end of this month so this particular queen queen of queens is going to be really really busy yeah but it's really about also Right now, we're in a time of it's got to be about us caring for us. And as I've said before, we have a wealth of experts in our community and I'm going to pull them out to come and talk to us. So this morning, it's been about the menopause and presenters, you have actually just blown up the platform. Absolutely fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. And as I've said, this, you know, all our recordings, including this one, um, it will be put up onto our YouTube channel, which is going to be launched. I think it's going to be in about two, two to three weeks time. Yeah, so please look out for that. And what else have I got to tell you? Um, 
I want to ask, I spoke to you about your pen and your pen. So you, when you come to our sessions, it's impo important to come with your notebook, your pen, pads, etc., because you are going to be getting some real good food, knowledge food on this platform. Yeah. So Queens, it just beats me. I just want to wish you all a fantastic, wonderful day. Look after yourselves, love yourselves. And Queens, we ain't crazy. It really is only just the menopause. So goodbye all. Love you all. Have a good day. Thank you for tuning in. You You've been magnificent. So we can unmute everybody now so we can say our goodbyes. <laughs> Thank, Thank you, Joe. Thank you, Bye. Bye. Thank you, Bye. 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 Bye.